Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, topics, stipulations. First down, plate it. Presenting topics for kind, easy to time, braid it. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. A couple days away from Christmas Day and... Talking as, as sports fans, especially football fans, man, fans, you got to be excited. I know our team specifically hasn't had the year we're expecting. It is what it is. But if you're a football fan, what a great weekend. The next two weekends, boy, oh boy, a lot of fun going to happen. Division games, division titles, still TBD. And also, we're talking some New York baseball as well. We're going to talk Eric Cole, the press conference. What's going on with the Red Sox? Why have they been so quiet? No moves. What's the rumors about Lindor? And then we're talking some NBA. Giannis, has he, is he the most dominant player in the NBA right now? Think about that. Because last night, maybe that proves to all the naysayers. There's still some naysayers about him. But like I said, we're starting off with the NFL. And last week, we talked about culture. And, and specifically with baseball, too, we talked about how much are you willing to go to be great? And I'm going to start off in the NFC East. That's for most people want to call it the NFC least this year. But the Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott. We know what this game means for both teams, coaches, players, and these quarterbacks. And I said last week of with the New York Yankees specifically and how people have bashed them for the contract and how much are you willing to go to be great? And I say that because Dak Prescott is dealing with something. And me and Dak Prescott have something in common. We both have the same injury. I had the, You had an AC joint as well? I, you had multiple injuries. <laughs> no, I did not. I, I had the first we, one. I had the AC joint. So we both, told me I was we supposed both to had, five weeks. We both had something in common with Dak Prescott. It's an AC joint. And I said last week what the Yankee thing specifically is, how much were they willing to go to get Garrett Cole and spend? You know what they did. Now, Dak Prescott, this is an injury... That you can't take lightly. I still have nights that make me uncomfortable to go to bed because of this injury. You sure it's that injury? Yes. It's the AC joint. My point is, is Dak Prescott, he's not missing this game. Do you know how much, how the importance of this game is to both Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott? And everybody wants to just say, oh, well, the pressure's on Dak Prescott. I think the pressure to me... It's Carson Wentz. Because, yes, he's gotten paid. We get that. And Dak hasn't. But Carson Wentz, give me a time where he's played in a big game. A must-win game. He's got Nick Foles, the shadow of Nick Foles, the legend of Nick Foles in Philadelphia. Nick Foles will forever be a legend. And, and Philly fans will forever have thanked him for winning him a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz, yeah, he was part of the team, but also he got injured. We haven't seen Carson Wentz win a meaningful game in this league. Ted, I know you have kind of went with the Dak and saying that he needs this game more, but if you really think about it, is Dak Prescott the one that needs it more, more than Carson Wentz? I was thinking about this. I don't have an, 
ideal answer for this because you can make the argument and be right on both accounts. Yep. Okay, you said it perfectly. Carson Wentz, what, what big game has he really been involved in? You know what I mean? We talk about playoffs. He's never played in a playoff game. So for his career, this is his biggest game so far as the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had a big game. Nick Foles played in the postseason games. It wasn't Carson Wentz. And he and there hasn't been a game this meaningful at this point in time in the season where Carson Wentz has played in. And then you look at and, – and then here's the thing. He's gotten paid. So yeah. to a lot of people's perspective, it's let's prove that you're worth the money. These are games that we pay you this type of money that you're supposed to win, right? And he hasn't won these games. And if he loses to Dak Prescott – the naysayers are going to be like, listen, I know you're talented. If we were starting a fantasy football team or starting a regular f- football team, hell with fantasy, if we're starting a real franchise, I think majority of the people would still take Carson Wentz over Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. But let's, 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 let's look at from the other's perspective now. Dak Prescott has played at a Pro Bowl caliber level this year. His best statistical year. He's actually outplayed Carson Wentz statistically mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. But there's the people from the other side you got to look at. Well, what, Dak plays with a great offensive line. He's a running game. He's a game manager. A lot of people look at him like, hey, he's still not that good of a quarterback. And if you were taking the two quarterbacks, if this, like we always joke about, this was a kickball of talent, who would you rather take? You would take Carson Wentz over Dak. Mm-hmm. And this is a proven game for Dak because he hasn't got paid, like you said. No. And if he loses, right, and the Dallas Cowboys don't make the playoffs again or don't make the playoffs this year, it's going to back up the people's naysayers on the Cowboys side and saying, listen, maybe he isn't worth the money that he thinks he's expected to be paid for. Yes. It's a, that, it's, no, listen, no, no, it's, 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 I, I can't make it. You asked me the question. Kind of like who do you the, think, hold on. You asked me the question who you think is more, who's more pressured. I don't have the answer. I, the, my, if I had to make a majority, you said, Ted, make a legit, I would go 51% Dak over Wentz only because of the one factor that it's the Dallas Cowboys. And we talked about this last week with culture. The Dallas Cowboys culture, what we've known to see is a good team, very talented, but can't win the big games and they, and they don't. And they just and Dak's not worth he's he's not good enough. And this team, Dallas Cowboys, are the more talented team. They're the healthier team. They're the better team. They're the team that's more that should win this game. Will they win the game is the bigger question, and will Dak be the difference? So the past couple of years, for Philly fans specifically and the Eagles, is well, this is new. Because Carson Wentz, like I said, has been out during this time. Last year was Nick Foles. Leading his team to the playoffs. Two years ago, Nick Foles led his team to a Super Bowl. So Carson Wentz, what do you got to show for me? Because right now, we know how talented he is. That's all we ever heard. That's all we've been hearing now. Oh, is Car- Carson Wentz one of the most talented quarterbacks? We get that. He's talented. We get it. But when it comes down to it, talent is only one thing. You have to win in this league. I don't care what, how talented you are. It does not matter. It comes down to winning in this league. And recently, you haven't been able to win against this Dallas Cowboy team. You haven't been able to beat Dak Prescott. He is 2-4 and four against and that's the what Dallas Cowboys in his career. Dak is 4-2. and two. They've won the last three straight. 
the Cowboys, against the Eagles. They have dominated this series of recently. They've been the more dominant team. Dallas, in the beginning of the season, when they played the Eagles, they dominated them. They had the better team, the more healthier team, the more talented team. They have the better running back. They have the better offensive line. They have better receivers. Everything is in Dallas's favor to win this game. And that's but why it makes it even worse for Dallas if they lose. If they lose this game because of the factor that all signs point to if you are a betting man, you're taking Dallas. If you're picking them straight on the field, you're taking Dallas over Philly. It's that plain and simple. The Philly's destroyed with injuries right now. They're going to have their third and fourth string receivers going in as starters. Carson Wentz doesn't have a lot to play with right now. But if you think about it, that's how it happens. If you're one of the great quarterbacks in this league, stuff like this happens. Scenarios are going to happen like this. It ain't all green on the other side of the grass. That's how it works. Great it's quarterbacks a, are able to overcome these. We've talked now. About I know quarterbacks. Hold on, there, but you do say quarterbacks do overcome it that to a certain extent. Well, but Carson Wentz the past two weeks. Yes, I know he's played against the Giants and the Redskins. We know that, but still, you have to win those games. Carson Wentz. When dealing with adversity throughout those games, he's come back and he's proven to be the answer, the the ultimate example of why they won those games. And I think this team is really feeding off of Carson Wentz, but you just look at these quarterbacks, both of them. Coming in, Dak Prescott, we know the story. Carson Wentz, we know the story. We get it. Now it's, there's no, no, no excuses anymore. That's what it comes down to. If the Dallas Cowboys lose the game, there's no more excuses. Jason Garrett should be gone. The moment if that when that when it goes triple zeros and the Philadelphia Eagles, if they win this game, Jason Garrett should not be allowed on the plane anymore. Jerry Jones should say, give me the keys, you're done. Have fun finding another job. Because all signs point to the Dallas Cowboys winning this game. They are the more talented team. They are they have the least amount of injuries of the two. But it just comes down to the quarterback. Which quarterback is going to make the play? And we know Dak Prescott has dealing with is dealing with an injury right now. And a serious injury. And he's willing. You know what? And that's why I give him credit because this is an injury that me and you have both dealt with yeah, but you in play, high school. You can play through it. You can play through it. But here's it, the thing. We were not the quarterbacks. You were you got to throw the football. You no, were a quarterback. We were the option team, and we were running. But you football. were a quarterback still. But it, it's different. This is his throwing up. This is his right shoulder. He got hurt early in the in against the Rams in the first quarter. He's he's never missed a practice as a player. He's never missed a game since he's entered the NFL league. Mm -hmm. Now I was just looking at a little quick stat on throws of at least 15 yards downfield. Dak Prescott has been among the league leaders in completion percentage and yards per attempt, and touchdowns. He's been more efficient this year. Now, remember what I said to you at the breakfast table this morning when we were leaving? I said, I thought this injury might be the best-case scenario for the Dallas Cowboys. And you're like, why, why Ted? How do you, what do you say? I'm going to listen. I said, if the Dallas Cowboys are going to win this game, they have to do what they did last week against the Los Angeles. Yes, Los Angeles. I was going to say. Yeah, Los Angeles. Angeles. Los Angeles Rams, and that's running the football. When they when they were great last week, and they looked like the team that everyone had perceived that they were going to be this season mm -hmm. was they ran the ball forty five times. They ran the ball for over one hundred fifty yards. They had multiple touchdowns. Zeke touched the ball twenty five times. They used Tony Pollard. Dallas Cowboys this year, for the most part, have been trying to pass first, run second. When they were great, when Dak was a rookie, it was run first with Zeke. Play action pass. Okay. When they were 13-3, it was more, let's run the football. 
it's like this year they're trying to make a point to make Dak look like, hey, listen, and I'm he's glad worth you, the money. And I'm glad you brought that and up. And I think by I'm him, glad you brought that up. And because I'm just saying, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I did bring that point up that the Dallas Cowboys, why you just said, why are they throwing the ball so much? Because they are trying to prove a point. Well, we think the, they, we they're, think they're we, trying. We they that are way. trying to prove a point in the sense of, hey, if we're gonna pay a man, a, a guy, a quarterback, that's gonna be thirty to thirty-five to maybe even forty million a year, well, we gotta give him the ball. We gotta make him go out and make plays. And I was talking to you about, and I know what you said, Dallas. When Dallas was great in the past couple of years, is when because they ran the ball, they were run first. And this weekend is, you want to know for all the people that want to say, oh, how does a running back get paid? This is where Deke's money, or Zeke, Zeke's money shows up. That was good, this, Deke. Th this is where Zeke's money comes into play. The $90 million contract that he just got bit, and was it $45 million guaranteed, I believe, yeah. or fifty million, something like that to the extent. This is where he gets paid. It's moments like this, it's games like this, that why 2-1... Has to be the not Dak Prescott. Has to be their best not player. Not Dak Prescott. He has to be the reason why the the Dallas Cowboys have to be successful come Sunday afternoon. Everything is going to be built off of him. And it has no this week specifically has to. In other weeks, it's been that this majority of the season, it seems like it's Dak first, then Zeke. Not this week. If you're trying to force your quarterback, knowing that he has a bad arm. And that's going to be on the coaches then. You need to feed your three-down back, your workhorse, your best player on offense, the ball. Your $90 million man, you have to give him the ball. You have to feed him. Because I don't care if that's 25 care. You have to give him at least the ball 30 times touches in this game. Because here's the importance of this game, too. Dallas wins the division's over. They yes. can rest their players next week against Washington. Mm -hmm. It almost becomes a week 17 bye, which will give them an advantage going into the wild card. Dak can rest. Zeke can rest. Because the Eagles can't win out. Now, if the Eagles win this week, yes. now, Dallas still has a chance. The, the Giants would Giants have need to, to play beat spoiler. the Eagles. Which is probably unlikely because the Eagles know that. But mm -hmm. th there's still an opportunity. But we know that if Dallas loses it this game, it's it'd be dreadful. It would be devastation. It'd be and, the it'd be the uh, to, and, to be at just just. Before, and it would probably be one of the worst losses we've seen this season because the significance. It's it's not because it's a bad loss because. It's not like you're playing a two and ten team. It's the significance. It's for the division. This is like your play-in game. This is like your wild card play-in game. I said like that in to you. Said no. I said this is a pre-playoff matchup and to think, already. And to think two seven and seven teams is the most impactful game this weekend. It is, and because it's the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's the division division rival, and it's Wentz and it's Dak. And we saw one of them, guys. It is the truth. One of Wentz's wins was against a Dallas team that was resting their starters, knowing they were in the playoffs. So good point. Dak has, has played well in these games, and so has Wentz. Wentz has completed over 66% of his passes in these games for over 1,400 yards. He's had 11 touchdowns and two picks when he's played Dallas in those six games. He has His big thing has been fumbles this year. He needs to not to turn the ball over. He has to play A-plus because his team – doesn't have the same amount of weapons and will not be able no, to especially this and will, they will not I be mean, able to overcome deficiencies like the Cowboys have because they are healthier and they have a yes. the better team going forward. Now in general, we're starting with this game because like I said this is probably to most fans the biggest game of the week. 
and but this in general weekend is a proven weekend to some quarterbacks. And there's another quarterback. And first, I want to ask, who do you got? Do you got Dallas or you got Philly? I'm gonna go with Philly. I'm rooting okay. for Philly. This is always a tough. Okay, tough. So, this is always a tough. This is always the toughest game to pick. Because I don't, I, I, hate I, both teams. I don't like I don't like either team. I hate both teams, but I hate Dallas more than I hate Philly. I'm gonna go with Philly, even with the depleted secondary, even with their depleted receiving core. I'm gonna go with the Philadelphia Eagles because I do believe that Carson Wentz and I do believe that Dak Prescott's injury is going to play a factor. I am gonna give you the PC answer. Who I want to see is the Eagles, but who I who I believe is gonna win because they are the better team is the Dallas Cowboys. I'm I, I'm I don't care about that. I'm basing. I'm gonna pick the Eagles. I don't care what happens. I'm picking the Eagles. I'm gonna stick with Dallas my pick. is the better team. Eagles, Eagles, we, Eagles, no, Eagles, but everybody know. knows that. That's Eagles, the thing. Eagles can't stop anyone in the passing game. No, that's okay. All signs point. And every time they play Zeke, they can't stop Zeke in the running game. All signs point to Dallas. Oh, absolutely. Beating them and beating them comfortably. That's another thing. It's not like this could come down. This shouldn't be a close game. Dallas is a one and a half point favorite, which means if Dallas was home, they'd be a five point favorite because you get three points at home. Listen, they want you to take Dallas in this game. I said that Vegas too. does. They do. This is a pick 'em, but Dallas should win this game. Well, will they? So for we'll everybody, so for everybody that says Dak has something to prove, let's so not for, let's not forget about Carson Wentz because yes, he's got the contract. We know that. We understand that. But when's the last time Carson Wentz has played in a big game in the NFL? I'll give you an answer. Well, meaning, Never. Meaning. I'll give you yeah. an answer. Never. Never. That's why this game is the biggest game in Carson Wentz's career. And up, to it is, up to this and point. And it's the biggest game, yes, up to this point, for Dak Prescott. And you said it this morning. Oh, well, what about the the divisional game against? He was a rookie. That was different. He's in a, He's been in the year now, a, a couple years in the league now. So he's grown. He's gotten better. This is a... A statement game for him because guess what? Now it's time. You want your contract? Moments like this or why you're going to get your contract or why you're not going to get the contract you want. Plain and simple. Hey, and Trump, what, just, what are you wearing today? Oh, speaking of the devil, yes. If you got the chance to see and we posted it yesterday, new hoodies. We're going to be displaying them out. Blue and black are the colors. They're going to be $30. If you want some, message us if you're interested as well. So this is new equipment. Very nice. It's very nice hoodie. It's very comfortable, nice. too. Of course, it is. Going to need it for this type of weather. But I was just talking about, in general, with these two quarterbacks. But it's this whole weekend. This is a proven weekend for some teams and some quarterbacks. And that other quarterback that we like to talk about, and it's very similar to Carson Wentz. Yeah, he's gotten paid. He made his money. But guess what? When's the last time he's won a meaningful game? I'll tell you. Never. And that's Kirk Cousins. It's plain and simple. Kirk Cousins. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago with him. We've been talking about him since he's had this big contract. It's moments like this why guys get these big contracts. The Vikings felt two years ago, or last year, they felt like this was the missing piece to them contending for a Super Bowl or even winning a Super Bowl championship. We know what happened last year. They didn't make the playoffs. Well, guess what, Kirk Cousins? You can redeem yourself to all the Vikings fans, to all the NFL naysayers like myself that say you are not a quarterback, a franchise quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl. It starts on Monday night. That's what it comes down to. It starts on Monday night. Now, Aaron Rodgers, we know what Aaron Rodgers is. He's done it 
before. He's won a Super Bowl. I know he's. it seems like he's taking a step back, but he is still the great Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins is like the Dak Prescott-Carson Wentz debate as well because when you're getting paid $84 million, fully guaranteed, and you want to be in the term of franchise quarterback, you have to win games like this. And guess what? If it doesn't make it any more clearer, your number one weapon is likely out on Monday night, Dalvin Cook. So you know that if you lose this game again, what are we going to be hearing come Tuesday morning? Is it time for the Vikings to move on? Ted, I know that Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz have been the talk of the sport of the NFL world, it seems like, this week. But are we all forgetting about Kirk Cousins all of a sudden? That like, oh, he's played good. He's, he's done well this year. He's, he's taken a step forward in the right direction. Yeah, ah, 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 as still Colt Steve Austin once said. Nah, doesn't work like that. That's great all in all. But it comes down to games like a Monday night where you're 10-4 and four and you're fighting for a chance to win your division against the Green Bay Packers. And what has Kirk Cousins been able to do for you? Yeah, he's a nice stat guy. But that's all he's been. If Kirk Cousins really wants to prove himself to be that $84 million quarterback, he has to win, plain and simple, come Monday night. He has to be the better quarterback as well. Well, you know it's funny when you say that, Monday Night Football. Do you know Kirk Cousins is 0-8 on Monday Night Football? I think it's 0-9 now because he lost to Seattle. No, 0-8. I got it right in front of him. It's updated? He's 0-8. Okay. Do you also know Aaron Rodgers has won his last five straight on Monday Night Football? Listen, we know the story about Aaron Rodgers. We, we, the story has pretty much been told. He's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, talent-wise. Yes. I'd love to see him win another Super Bowl to solidify himself in, in that category. A lot of guys have one Super Bowl, but can you get two Super Bowls? You know, can you, can you get to that second one? You know, that's significant because now you put yourself in a different category. Yep. We know. He's got great numbers. He always has great numbers. He's not a high-risk guy. You know what I mean? Like, he'll just take the ball, throw it away, instead of forcing it and throwing a pick. That's why a lot of times they'll say he won't throw a Hail Mary late in the game because he doesn't want a pick. He won't want a pick. You look at his numbers, he's got two picks this year. Every year it seems like he's got three, two, four picks. You know, it's it's under five. It's it's unheard of. Mm-hmm. What did you say before? 24 touchdowns, He's, sm- he's smart he's with the ball. He's got 3,500 yards. But he hasn't seemed to play as Aaron Rodgers-esque football this season. And I think this is a game where we need to see Aaron Rodgers play an Aaron Rodgers-esque game because the Vikings have the better team. They have the more talented team. If I was loading up a roster, the Vikings have a better team. They have better tight ends, better wide receivers, better offensive line, better defensive line. I like their running running back crew. The only thing that the Green Bay Packers I like better is their quarterback. I like the Vikings secondary better. Linebackers, as a whole, the Vikings have one of the best but, rosters. And you just, uh, best no, rosters I, in all of But you just said NFL. it. You just said it. But the quarterback. That's what it, com- that's what it comes down to. Now, Kirk Cousins has played great of lately. He, uh, and, and maybe, I know. No, maybe he great ha- is an un- maybe the wrong word because a lot of people say, ah, he hasn't been that great. He's been good enough. And he's been – And uh, how do we signic- um, solidify great? How do we, how do we figure out what great is? What is great to you? To me? Are you asking me well, that question? I'll tell you. No, well, I'm asking out loud. No, I'll tell you, though. And, I, and it's pretty much, it's, look, yeah, he has great stats at the end of the year. It looks all nice, nice to, to many people. But you make your money and your legacy 
it, that that's what happens when you talk about legacy. When we talk about guys like Brady, we talk about guys like Peyton, we talk about Eli, guys like Eli. We always remember Eli for the two Super Bowls and what he did in the big moments. Take whatever you want else about all the bad. That's fine. But when it came down to it, we always remember Eli for the Super Bowls and the clutch moments. Kirk Cousins has better stats than Eli, it seems like, for the past couple years. But we'll always remember Eli for Super Bowls. Whereas Kirk Cousins, what are we, what are we going to remember him for? That's what it comes down to. If you want to find a guy that it's all about greatness, if you want to talk about what's the definition of greatness, it comes down to what do you do when your team needs you the most? When your city needs you the most? Your franchise needs you in moments like this, in games like this. You can't go MIA in moments like this. You can have all the greatest stats in the world. That's fine, okay? That is fine. But when you're losing games to Seattle or Green Bay or Chicago last year or even Green Bay in the playoff game a couple years back when you were at Washington, meaningful games, and what did you do? You faltered. You blew it. That's legacy to me. I know what Kirk Cousins is. I know because of what he has been. What he's been in the past. So what makes you say, or what makes you think that something on Monday night is going to be different? You just said it, Ted. He's 0-8 in primetime games. Aaron Rodgers has won the last five straight. What makes you think that Monday night's going to be any different knowing that 33 is not going to be in the backfield as well? What makes it any different? That's all I'm trying to say. Well, last week when they had Mike Boone in there, he had, he had two touchdowns in 86 yards. It was like they never missed a step when Dalvin Cook was out last week. And, you know, and, and that's a Chargers defense. I know you, people make excuses. They're, they don't, they're not as great, whatever. But they didn't miss a step. Yeah. You know, they also got Alexander Madison, who, you know, if you don't have him in fantasy, you might want to pick him up this week. Also with Mike Boone. <laughs> yeah, so, for your fantasy and, and, and championship. And this is a huge week for a lot of fantasy people because it's fantasy know, championship. Because it's fantasy championship week for a lot of people. Yep. And if you're still playing, congratulations. Yeah. Listen, Kirk Cousins has to just be efficient this weekend. Okay? He has to play his game. He doesn't have to be great. He doesn't have to outplay Aaron Rodgers. This is not a one on one matchup. But he has to be efficient. He can't turn the ball over. They got the better team. So you don't They're, think he, you don't think he needs to be great then? Is that what you're telling me? He doesn't need to be great here, here, to be success, to win this game on Monday night. I will I will make it this way. It's like the Dak thing. You don't have to be great to win. You don't want to cost your team victories. Remember like the Eli thing? It was like, listen, be efficient mm -hmm. on third down, don't make mistakes, and when you need to make the throw, make the throw. But don't, also with Eli. When it mattered most, that's what I'm saying. He made the when, big play. There might be two or three throws in a game where also you gotta the, make, not even don't the, miss them. But also, not even the plays. It was the games when we needed Eli the most in the big games. He came up clutch. It's one of the greatest things about Eli Manning. Everybody wants to bash Eli, but guess what? We know Kirk Cousins probably will have better stats. But in the big games, you're taking Eli because he came through in the clutch for you. Kirk Cousins. 
doesn't come through in the clutch. That efficient throw that you just said, he's got to be efficient. He's got to make the right throw. Well, guess what? That one throw sometimes is a bad is is the wrong decision, and he needs to make the good the best decision for his team. And with losing Dalvin Cook, that just puts I think more pressure. On, to, on Kirk Cousins. And this game has so much significance to it. You know, we, we talked about yeah. the Dallas and Eagles, uh, the Dallas Eagles game, and everyone else seems to be all over this game. But this might be more important game because for t- two factors. One, for Kirk Cousins' future and for the Vikings' future because if he can win a significant game like this on Monday Night Football and beat the Packers, not only for his confidence going forward, this is going to give the Vikings fans and the Vikings teammates confidence going forward in the playoffs that when they go, all right, we got to face them again, or we got to face someone significant. You can win us that game. You just showed us. I know your record in the past has proven that you cabin, but it's not what you did in the past. It's what you can do now and toward the future, okay? Peyton Manning was like, ah, I can't win the big game of big game, or John Elway. Remember, can't win the big one. Well, they finally got over the hump, and they did, and they won a Super Bowl. So Kirk Cousins, I'm not saying he, he is those guys, but – this team has the opportunity to win a Super Bowl. That's how talented this team is. They will have Adam Thielen back this way. They have Stephon Diggs. They have Irv Smith Jr., the tight end they drafted at Alabama. They also have Kyle Rudolph. And they have three running backs that when Dalvin Cook comes back in the playoffs, they will be healthy and they will have a three-headed monster. Yep. They also have a great defense with a shutdown corner. They have a pass rusher. They have linebackers. They have a coach and a defensive mindset. Can that quarterback take them over the hump? And will he be efficient enough? And this the other thing is, I was going to make the second point to this was, if you win this game, you become the division leader. You get you the control home game. Your own destiny. You become the home game. And who knows? I don't. I don't have the playoff scenarios in front of me. But is there an opportunity for them to get a two seed and get that by? I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying. It sets up for a brighter future. You don't have to be on the road as the wild card team in the first round. You will get that home game. You will have it at the Dome Stadium, which is a more of an advantage. You don't have to, if there's a rematch, you don't have to go to Green Bay in negative 10 degrees in January. Guess what? Aaron Rodgers has to come to the Dome, and they have to beat you again. I'm just saying, to me, this is a confidence boost for the Vikings. It, this is a more meaningful game for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Go, to me, because this is, for me, we don't believe that the Vikings are good enough. That's been the story with them. Here's me, plain and simple. Talk the to Minnesota me. Vikings Talk lose me. on Monday night. This is an $84 million robbery. That's it. Kirk Cousins got his money. But the Minnesota Vikings go back to the drawing board then. Plain and simple. It's not that hard. If Kirk Cousins loses this game, I don't care. Yeah, he'll get into the playoffs. But like Ted just said, what does that mean? You might have to go to New Orleans. You might have to go to the Lambeau Field. What does that mean? It means you're just going to the playoffs for one week. What is that different from, oh, the Giants or one of these bad teams, the Jaguars? Oh, congratulations. Yeah, you didn't make the playoffs. Oh, well, that's fine. We'll see you one week later. What does that mean? When you're as talented as a team like the Minnesota Vikings, you're expected to be great. You're expected to compete for championships. And that's where the Minnesota Vikings are right now. They're in that position. But it comes down to what Kirk Cousins does on Monday night. And if he fails again, he fails Minnesota. And it will be the $84 million robbery. Plain and simple. And then we'll just go to the same old 
trait that we like to call Kirk Cousins. A guy that'll never win the big one. A guy that you don't want to have. One of those big moments. <coughs> Prove me wrong, Kirk Cousins. Prove me wrong. Because it's a prove it time. This is where you make your money. This is where your legacy grows. It's not in September. It's not in October. It's in December. It's in November, late November and December. That's where you make your money. That's where you put your name in the legacy books. It's plain and simple. That's how you get remembered in this league. And Kirk Cousins, you have a golden opportunity. It's staring you right in the face. I'm going with the Packers. I'm going with the Packers. I buy into what Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are doing. This team, yes, is less talented. But I take my chances with 12 over Kirk Cousins. Who do you got? You got the Vikings or you got the Packers? Got the Vikings. Okay. Sounds good. And you picked the Cowboys? All right. I'm picking the two teams that have the lesser talent. And uh, talking about these four, these four teams, the NFC picture as a whole. I was just looking through the past couple of years, five, six years, of what the, of what the NFC has been. I've, I haven't seen an NFC like this in, in, my, in my lifetime. I mean, we're talking about a Minnesota team that right now is currently in sixth place. At 10 and four. At 10 and four. And they still have a shot two weeks ago, two weeks left in the NFL season to get a top two seed. There's five teams fighting for a top two seed right now. Here's the it's thing. It's fascinating to see what's happening in the NFC right now. Here's the thing. The Packers, if they lose this week, right, they would be 11-4. and four. They win the final game of the season. They'll be 12-4. and four, It'd be a wild card team. Yeah, what seed? The, think, think could about this. They think, could be the sixth seed as a 12-4 team. Think about uh, this. Both team. wild card teams, whatever it is in the West, the 49ers, Seattle game. Mm-hmm. And if God forbid Green Bay loses this week, both wild turn wild card teams can both be twelve and four. And think about that for a second. Just historically, if the 49ers win this week and lose to Seattle and Seattle gets the number one seed, the 49ers will finish twelve and four. The Green Bay Packers, if they lose this week to the Vikings and then win the final week, they will be twelve and four. To think that your wild card teams are twelve and four mm-hmm. is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It's fascinating. It is fascinating to see what's happening in the NFC right now. And that's why I said, I know Christmas is a couple days from now. But boy, oh boy, the next two weeks feel like two weeks of Christmas. Because there's so many great, and there's so much, so many meaningful games still left. I mean, we only have three divisions wrapped up right now. Usually by this time, there's like, there's like one division still up for grabs. There's still so much unknown with two, and I'm well, not even talking. Well, here's about, the first. I, hold on, I'm not even talking about the NFC right now, Ted. I'm just talking about the whole NFL landscape. Well, that's what I was gonna it, say. I was gonna so say. The, think about this. The AFC still. East usually by now has been shored up for the last three weeks. Yes. To, to be in Week 16 and think about the Bills Patriots game this Saturday at 4:30. Yeah. Has not only playoff implications but divisional playoff implications is is mind blowing because we're at this point in another we're like. Patriots got the number one seed. They're usually resting the week 16 and 17. You know, they play, they win. But, you know, like they're usually by far head and shoulders above their division rival. But to see that the Bills this week have an opportunity to win the division is incredible. And I think it's great. To see that the Tennessee Titans. How could it not be great? To see that Tennessee Titans could be the 
could be from a wild card team to the division winner right now in a matter of two weeks to see that the Pittsburgh Steelers could be in the playoffs right now and be out of the playoffs next week. It's fascinating. Like you just said it too as well in the NFC to think that the the Green Bay Packers or the San Francisco 49ers or Vikings or, or Seahawks could be 11 or 12 win teams and are both are going to be wild card teams is fascinating right now. There's two weeks left and there's still so much unknown in the NFL currently. And we just said it, the AFC East could be the best of, uh, to that point is that the AFC East is usually wrapped up by now. We're already talking the Patriots. Who are they going to be playing in the t- divisional round? Who's coming to Foxborough? We're talking about right now that the New England Patriots might have to be realistically playing on Wild Card Weekend. Take that into perspective. That doesn't happen a lot. In the past 20 years, that does not happen. There's only been two AFC East winners in the past 20, since 2000. And it was the Dolphins in 2008 and the New York Jets in 2002. That's it. This, this division has been run by the New England Patriots. And like you just said, Ted, 16 weeks in, and we still don't have a clear-cut winner. We don't have a clear-cut winner in the AFC South. We don't have a clear-cut winner in the NFC East or the NFC West. It's fascinating what's going on in the NFL right now. And I was just saying last night, and I got a text that like, oh, who played in the Thursday night game last night? It was like, so there was nothing really to talk about. Let's take that into consideration. That the NFL wasn't on last night. Yeah, you had a basketball game on. We're going to talk about that basketball game in a little while. But just think about how big the NFL is right now. Last night was a slow night in sports, it seemed like. Because everything comes back to the NFL. It comes back to the Thursday night game. Yeah, it's always nice that we could talk about the Sunday games and the Saturday well, games, but the there's Thursday also night no game, college football games right now. The bowl season starts today. But the, but the, I know, I, I know. But I, the I, NFL, there was even I know, when the there NFL was college dominates. football games on a Thursday, it didn't matter. It was always the NFL, and it didn't matter who was playing. It was always the start of the weekend. That's why, and I can't that's wait what for it always felt, baby. And that's what it meant. And to see the NFL right now, the landscape of the NFL, to to many and to me, it should be at an all time high right now. Because you got great stuff going on in the NFC right now. You have so much unknown going on in the AFC. And you have just so much unknown. The only certainty that's going to happen in the, in the NFL right now is that Lamar Jackson is going to win the MVP. Take that into consideration. Right now, you do not know who's going to be the top two seeds in each, in each league. Specifically the NFC. And the AFC is, is still not over. Because the Chiefs could make the two seed. And if the Patriots lose this week, the Patriots drop from two to three, and they're not getting a home playoff game in the in the divisional round. They are not getting the first round bye. They'll, I should take that back. They are getting a home playoff game, but they'll be playing on wildcard weekend. There's so much unknown. There's so many great storylines to talk about for the next two weeks. And we're not even talking about the Giants and Redskins and Dolphins and the bad teams. Which have- is also, those are two... For our purposes, those are two massive games. And we're going to get into that right now in the Giants and Redskins. We just talked about so much good. But even with the bad, there's so much good with that. If you want to really believe that. 
bad and good. I don't know if that goes together, but it, it usually doesn't. But in this it's case, like yin yin yang. It's okay. it, it, usually it doesn't go well. But in this case, there is good with those games because of how meaningful they are. And everybody wants to say, well, they're 6 and 22 combined. Why is that meaningful? Um, yeah, because it's about future for teams like that. That's what it all comes down to for those two, for those four teams, the Dolphins and the Bengals game. It's about the future because there is a guy, a kind of transcendent star that could really come in and be the workhorse of your defense. Well, that's for and the Giants that, and Redskins we're talking well, about. Well, that could be for the Dolphins too. Oh, I don't. I'm talking now about the Bengals. Have the Bengals seem like it all signs point to them taking a quarterback. Well, here, okay. here's the thing: the, it all signs that they'll be the number one seed. The two, three, and number four one seed. Do you know number the Lions are still? Do you number know the Lions yes. are still yes. in play? Yes, three, for the, ten, and one. That's why I'm saying this Sunday. Think about this: this Sunday game, the Giants and Redskins. They're three and eleven, both of them. We get that. And this is about Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones as well, because you got to think about it. Specifically, the Washington Redskins. Is Dwayne Haskins their guy? Because there seems like there's been a lot of controversy surrounding that in the sense of Dan Schneider wanted Dwayne Haskins and drafted Dwayne Haskins. Not Jay Gruden. Well, it's not Jay Gruden. So do we have that? Do we have that question mark going forward? And the New York Giants. What happens for them? The New York Giants. As a New York Giant fan, you're put in the worst position right now. Because you think about it. No fan wants to ever see your team lose and struggle. And that's where we are right now. The New York Giants are one of the worst teams in the past four years in the NFL. They have not been good. Forget about that one lone playoff season. They have not been good since the last Super Bowl. This is a chance for the Giants to revamp that defense, to get back to the way things were, to get back to dominating in the trenches. And so the Giants have the opportunity to. This is such a tough game because you don't want to ever see your team lose and struggle and play bad, but that's what it's come to with the Giants. This is the worst possible scenario for a Giants. But there's such a, there's such a, a great talent waiting if the Giants lose this game I, waiting in their laps I said this to named last, Chase Young Wilson. this is a generational type talent a guy that I don't think we've seen in a long time this is the way I compare it defensively is an Andrew Luck style thing when Andrew Luck was coming out at quarterback he was like the sure thing like everyone said he's the next best thing we've seen as a college quarterback coming out since John Elway like you knew it he, you knew he was going to be great like it was Andrew there, Luck, there, there, people, there's Andrew, no such thing as a sure thing. Andrew but Luck. he was like the closest thing to a sure thing. Now, things can happen defensively, but you know, we're not experts. We watch the game of football. I know as much football as I possibly can know based on reading, based on what I, my parents have taught me and my dad coached for 27 years since I played high school youth football in college, okay? Mm -hmm. And now that I'm a high school and college official. So I only know what I know. But based on what I know is the most dominant player in college football is Chase Young. Yes. Now, what I've seen in the NFL is the way I relate Chase Young is, is what Khalil Mack and what Von Miller did in their first five years in the NFL. If anyone remembers, Von Miller was the most dominant player in defense the first you know couple pick, years. You know what pick he was? Second. 
Yes. Yep. Cam Newton was number one. Yep. And we saw in the Super Bowl the number one and number two pick. Now, Von Miller was the game changer. A guy that sack, strip, fumble, touchdown, game over. We've seen a player number two taken overall in the 1983 draft. And that was called the guy from UNC, Lawrence Taylor. Now, I'm not saying he's Lawrence Taylor. No one's Lawrence Taylor. Even Bill Belichick said nobody no will such ever, thing. Nobody will ever be Lawrence Taylor. But we want something like that. We want a transcendent player defensively. And that's what this kid we want, we need, has no, it's, the skills to be. McShay said he is much better than Nick Boza and Joey Boza. And we they both went three and two. I mean, four and two. Was it no, three and two, two and three. Two and three. Well, I was three, right. and two, three and two. Well, well, I went back. I guess three goes before well, two now. Well, three, beca well, three because jo Joey Boza went three, and then the next year was two. So Chase Young, skills-wise, is better than both of those players, and those guys are both phenomenal talents at the NFL way. To think that this kid is better than both of them and the Giants have an opportunity, a glaring need this is, this for is what, a pass rusher with his skills yep. and to put in – you think about where the Giants have gone. They have been so dreadful. But to think in the last three years you would get a transcendent running back in Saquon Barkley, the next year you would get your future quarterback in Daniel Jones, and then the year later you would get a transcendent defensive player, a pass rusher like Chase Young. The golden opportunity to set your future up for the next 10 years is right in there's, front of you. Here's, here's an also part is what do the Giants have to, with the win, what, is the, what does that do for the Giants? What's there's more, Sher Shermer's future. Shermer's gone. Shermer shouldn't be back next year. We know what Pat Shermer is. We've seen enough of it. You but don't need enough. But if they win, there's going to be... I know you're right. You, you're 100% right. But there's going to be the thing where, hey, the Giants finished strong. Maybe if we give Shermer another year with another sense of talent and get him and get some refuel, maybe we give him another shot. Okay, what kind of talent then? You're not getting Chase Young. You don't get Chase Young I know wins. This is why the Giants are in, 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 in such a tough Well, people would say, hey, listen, you win or you're in a position where three, you could trade back and get other pieces and you get. But with a talent like Chase Young that could be there with a loss, you can't afford to miss on a player like this because you are, like you said, it's such a glaring need for the Giants. This is a need. This is a need for the future. It's not, oh, yeah, we would like to. No, this is a need. This is a pressing need. This is a must. This is a must to have. And, I look, I want Daniel Jones to play great the next two games. I really do. I want him to because I want him, I want to see more development. I want to see more growth in him becoming our hopeful franchise quarterback. And that's the thing. We're not even talking about the Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins matchup because now we get to finally see them one-on-one -on -one go head-to-head. He came in later in the game, the first game. Now we actually get to see them play against one another. But this is about, this is the Chase Young Bowl. There's a reason why they're calling it the Chase Young Bowl, people. Because that's what's at stake. Because we all assume that Miami is going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. So then this, this matchup is the battle for number two and three. You're this close. Both teams are this close. A loss here makes it that much closer. And and I was just reading about this. Just for kicks and kicks when giggles, if the Bengals did win out and the Redskins lost out, the Redskins could have the number one seed. If I said it right, the Redskins lose out and the Bengals win out, the Redskins still have an opportunity to get the number one seed. Just reading about it. 
and that's what it comes down to. So, 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 you know, it's such. Well, you know, we've been watching, we were listening to other shows and seeing what people and you and it's like, you know, as a Giant fan, you never want your team to lose. You want your team. No, to lose you more. don't. And 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 here's the other thing: after Daniel Jones has come in and won his first two games, he's lost nine straight. And you want to build confidence going to the offseason. Yes. You don't want your quarterback losing 11 straight. You want him to get back to that winning ways. to have that. Now, listen, the Giants and the Eli Manning, feel good story, outstanding. Congratulations. It's the perfect he, send-off. Listen, he came in. He got the home win. He got the send-off from the home crowd. He got the standing ovation. Good. Now it's time to move on. Daniel Jones, you want him to win because you want to build toward the future. You want to get that feel. You Listen, this is about... You know, they always say, like, you want to win your last game because you want to build – you want to go into the offseason feeling good. If the Giants lose, it'll be 11 straight wall- – no, excuse me, well, they won last week. But it, um, if you take that lesson, it would have been 11 out of the last 12 games losses. And that's not how you want to build toward the future. You don't want your, well, build, your well, future guess what? You keep saying build until the future. Because if you remember, but, the way Eli kind of went off in his last game, he won. It beat Dallas. The thing is, building towards the future – you have an opportunity to find at that future home run hitter, that future star in the making, hopeful, that you're hoping that Chase Young could be. I mean, if you're building towards the future, you need to get the best player. And you have a player that is seems like he's far and beyond everyone else in the draft class. Oh, yeah. That he's the best player by far in this draft class. Guess what? The Giants could have that again. Well, that's what Barkley was. Barkley, yes. talent-wise, was the best player coming out of that draft. Now, we know how it goes. Quarterbacks are always going to be driven up on the board because of the need for a great quarterback. The value, yes. Always. It'll happen 10,000 out of 10 times because if, like— 10,000 out of 10 times. Oh, well, using— My God. <laughs> My God, man. I'm using dad's thing. A thousand <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, a thousand years. But, listen, Chase Young, by far, is the number one player overall prospect— he probably he doesn't have to do any of the workouts and he'll he'll still be the number one pick. It's not even a question about it. the Giants have a golden opportunity to get a generational defensive player, and that's what it comes down to. And they haven't had that. And think about that. They haven't had a generational defensive player since LT. I well, think it's time. Well, for I think people would make the argument Strahan was. Strahan was gr- no straight because the set, well, Strahan came in and well he wasn't it, a no, top he was, pick. Yeah, yeah, no. And that's what we're talking. He was about. an unproven. He was an un. Proven guy, yeah, that, out of a, a no-name guy, a small and he school. became a legend. He built it. Chase Young coming in has already got the oh, he's gonna he could be the next Von Miller or the next Khalil Mack. He's already got that that certain standard now. Got to give him fifty-six too. No, can't go that I, far. I can't go that far. I know the Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones match is interesting, but this is called a chase the Chase Young Bowl for a reason. That's what the reward is. Yes, you might lose. But the reward could be just that much sweeter. There is bad in the NFL. And we talked about culture last week. And we talked about the the greatness of culture and why these teams, like the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New England Patriots, have been so great. I shouldn't say the Bills. But now they're starting to get into that wheelhouse of becoming great. It's because of the culture. Well... There's certain teams that still just can't get out of their own way. And that's one of them is a team that's been, like we talked about, the moment the moment they made a trade for a big-name guy. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he did play for the New York Giants. His name is Odell Beckham Jr., and we already self-proclaimed them to be the Super Bowl champions. 
And now where are they? They have been the biggest disappointment and now, all season. There has been some big disappointments in this league this year. The Chargers, the Falcons, both teams, Super Bowl aspirations. But this, but the Cleveland Browns. Definitely the most disappointing team in the season. It all comes back to the culture. You got a head coach that doesn't care about his job, it seems like. No, that's doesn't. not true. Did you, re- did you hear his that, interview the next it, day? It, it just, was mis- people took that way out of line. He, he said it. Do you think I didn't care about my job? No, I do care about my job. He said, did you listen to it the next day? When he said that, I knew what he meant. You just Do you look- think he honestly didn't care about his job? Of course. Of Come course on. He cared about it. Stop being stupid, everyone. He, of course, he cares you know about Jenna, his job. You say, but it, like, he's worried about the team and everything else. All this other crap that people want to. I don't care about my. He cares about his job. But you look at this team. This team is more talented than the New England Patriots. More talented, Ted. Listen. More talented. They have more talent than the New England Patriots. Defensively and offensively, you take more Browns players, I bet, than more Patriot players. Okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not. But I'm, guess I'm what? You go on. Talent always doesn't win you games. Talent is a big part of this league. We get that. You have to have it's great a, talent. It's a it's a huge part. But you also have to have the culture. You also have to have coaching. The, you also have to have the right system, and you have to have those players believing in that system. When you're seeing guys like Jarvis Landry arguing multiple times with Freddie Kitchen. Or you see Odell Beckham Jr. It's been the same, 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 same thing going on with this Cleveland Browns story since the beginning. It's always been about something other than the game. Well, here, here because th- we, it was always about we dealt with earrings, we dealt with watches, we dealt with a, Ro- a Rolls Royce car, shoes. Uh, uh, shoes, we dealt up a cleats, uh, cars. Commercials, it's a suspensions. It's always been about with this Cleveland Brown team specifically this year. It's always been about everything other than the play on the field. And that is the problem. It's always been about something else. And that's why teams like the New England Patriots are going to the playoffs again because they don't worry about garbage like that. They don't worry about nonsense like that. The Cleveland Browns do. Congratulations. They won in the offseason. They won the Super Bowl in the offseason. I'll give you that. Congratulations. That's it. That's what the Cleveland Browns, the 2019 Cleveland Browns, will be remembered for. Once again, another laughing stock and a def- uh, the example of why this is a continued story of the Cleveland Browns. It's not going to change, man. I mean, here's the thing. you got to look at it from, from, every, from every side. You don't have a GM. We, here's the thing. When Miles Garrett's situation occurred, and you didn't even mention that, too. No, I said I know. You brought it up. No, I know. Though. You never heard the GM come out in a press conference and say anything. Nope. With all the stuff with the Beckham, you never heard Dorsey come out and say anything. Last nope. week when when uh, the job controversies, you never nope. heard, heard Dorsey come out and say, listen, we're backing our guy, blah, blah, blah. You know, what? anything to give a sign of – of confidence. For a Nothing. guy that's very he is, he is for a he guy is, that's very boisterous, it seems like he has stayed far away from the yeah. scene. Almost like, yep. hey, it's not my problem. That's where it all is. And all he can be like, hey, he can go back and listen, we made a mistake, blah blah blah. Give me another chance. Nope. I don't have an issue with Jarvis Landry and the coach getting into it because we've seen 
Tom Brady, get into it. Which, but you but here's the problem. When you're losing and you're the Cleveland Browns, it comes off a lot more negative but than all when you're been, winning. All because, been, guys, because guys get into arguments all the time with coaches. We see it. There's disagreement. But this all is you've a been, man's game. But listen, all you've been hearing is what recent, what recent weeks is come get me. That's what you've been hearing. Well, no. Jarvis Landry supposedly was he was yelling to the Cardinals, come trade for me. But you what hear, does that say? Hear, what Beckham, does that say? Well, here's the what thing. Gives the, because those if, guys want to win. Hold on. If you're, of course, everybody wants to win. But if you're like a, Cle- a Cleveland Brown fan or you're a Cle- or you're a higher up in the Cleveland organization and you keep hearing stuff like this, how does this make you feel as a fan that another year has come and another year it's the same exact result? They haven't had a winning winning record. The decade's about to be over next week. In two weeks. I know. Less than two weeks. The Cleveland Browns have not had one winning season this entire decade. That's the current state of the Cleveland Browns. It does not matter who you get. Hell, you can bring back Jim Brown if you wanted to. The Cleveland Browns will be the same old Cleveland Browns. And like I said last week, it all starts at the top. It all starts with the GM, starts with the owner, it starts with the coach, and then that coach feeds off to his message to the players. And if the players believe in it, and they run with it, then guess what? Most likely, they will be successful majority of the time. And if they don't, they will be the Cleveland Browns, Ted. All talent, and that's it. They have nothing to show for it. You won't be able to see any of that. I can care less. It's not my problem. No, it's not. But that's what I'm trying to say is that. I'm just glad I'm not a Browns fan. It's their problem. No, we're just Giant fans. Not much better to be a Giant fan. I will say this, though. Not much better to be a Giant fan As bad as the Giants are this year, okay, there is no controversy. There is no BS. There is no Landon Collins calling out the coaches or calling out one of his teammates like he did last year. Remember that? No Odell Beckham Jr. There is no Odell Beckham crap. No. Okay? There is no JPP blowing off his fingers. There's There's no nonsense. There's no nonsense. The only nonsense is that the Giants stink right now. They're not a good team. And that the Giants have to make a coaching change. That is normal. It happens. We don't have the BS. That's why, like, we're not talking about the Raiders because there is no... That is a team that's building toward the future. There's no controversy. The Browns have controversy. Kareem Hunt last week, you didn't say that. And we can go on and on. You're just adding more. A guy who's been suspended, who's beating people up, kids, wives, whatever. He now comes, I don't know if all my teammates gave 110% effort. Really? You just added to what I'm saying. It's everything that is not talked about. It's talked about for the wrong reasons. We should be talking about the, uh, they're playing the field. It's it's everything else, and that's why the Cleveland Browns once again another year has come and another year will pass. But the Cleveland Browns will be a bad team and a team that misses the playoffs. That's what it comes down to, ladies and gentlemen. You could you can only go as far with talent. If you don't have the heart, if you don't have people that buy into the message and b- believe in the system, then guess what? You'll be the Cleveland Browns, plain and simple. Ladies and gentlemen, we are taking a break, and when we come back. We're going to be talking some NBA basketball. The Giannis just proved last night that he is the most dominant player in the NBA. We'll talk about that all. Keys to the city. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted.
Ladies and gentlemen, we are Black Clovercrest Media presents Keys to This City. If you didn't get to check out the first part of our show, you can check us out on Spotify and YouTube as well. And if you want to try to order one of these nice hoodies, these brand new hoodies that we got, just give us a message and let us know if you want one. Let's get into some NBA. What do you think, Ted? The hardwood. Last night, I just talked about the NFL that it, was a, it kind of seemed like a slow night in sports because the NFL, majority of the time, is dominating the headlines. And we're talking about the Thursday night game. That was not the case last night, ladies and gentlemen. That was the NBA. And the NBA and the NBA had an opportunity to put their product on the field or on the court to the fans. And guess what? They delivered. They delivered last night. And we're going to start with my Lakers against those Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis. Talk about... A star. Talk about a guy that has, you know, we always like to talk about in the show, and you love to see stories like this because you always want to see somebody try to, it's all about the grind. It's all about working to be the greatest and working to be better each and every year. And we've talked about a countless amount of times, proving people wrong, doubting the naysayers, the critics. And you look at Giannis this year, and you just look at the past couple years and what he's been able to do. You see what his stats are. He's unbelievable. He's dominant. But it's more about to me that he's improved each and every year. He's taken that challenge to be better, to be great, to be legendary. And last night, you played against a legendary figure. You went against one of the greatest of all time, LeBron James, who still to this day, to some might be the best player in the NBA. And that's saying something for a guy that's 34 or 35 years old in his 17th year. He has dominated this league. And that's what great players do. But they've always the same thing with great players. And you'll see it forever. It's this. It's improvement each and every year. It's about trying to better yourself. It's, a pro- it's about trying to be the best. And that's why LeBron James, that's why guys like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Kareem, Bill Russell. And I'm just saying these names because these are. it seems like these are the guys that when you associate themselves with the, the decades, those are the guys that come to mind. But why were they so great? Because they always went the extra mile. They always wanted to improve to get better. And that's why they were. All, that's why they go down, all those guys, as Hall of Famers. And Giannis could be on the way to that. Because he's improved everything. His biggest thing coming into this year was, is he ever going to develop some kind of shooting game? He's done pretty well so far up until this point. He has improved every single year. And that's the scary thing. This kid is 25 years old. And we talked about it a couple weeks back. Who would you build your franchise for the next 10 to 12 years? I picked Luka Doncic, but I also did say, if Giannis Antetokounmpo ever develops a three-point game or even a shooting game, He'll be unstoppable. There's, there's just good luck to everybody else because there won't be any, there's not going to be any stopping him. It hasn't happened the past two years. We've seen it once in the past two years. And that was a guy by the name of Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs. We saw it. He 
exposed his weakness. Right now, Giannis, he doesn't have a weakness. He's dominating. He dominated last night. He dominated a great basketball team in the L.A. Lakers. And he was the best player in all the games last night. There was a lot of stars in the in those games last well, night. I mean, you think of the best about, of the best. About where his skill level is. He is a center with with that could play guard, with guard skills. That could play he all was, five positions. He was defending Anthony Davis. He could play all five positions. Oh, absolutely. Has he? But take, think about think about it. he had the length, the power, and the size to guard Anthony Davis, which not many guys in the NBA does. Yep. He also has the skill to guard LeBron James on the thing. He can guard a smaller guard a guard on the, the thing. You think about this last year. He was the MVP. Averaged 27 points a game, almost 12 rebounds, a little bit over 12 rebounds, 12.1. You, and he was a 26% shooter at the three-point line. I tell do you, you know, Do you know this year he's averaging over 31 points a game. He's averaging over 12 rebounds a game. He's also his three-point percentage is over 30%, up to 32%. Last night he was 5 for 6 from 3. 34% 34% now? now? Yeah. Well, he was 5 for 6 last night. Do you know last year he made 52 threes? This year he's already at almost 53s a game. To think Go that he has improved drastically. Let me tell this you this. much in one year. Where he is going to be in the next ten years, he's six foot eleven. He's the most athletic guy in the NBA. Really? Why? Who's who's more athletic than Giannis right now? Anthony A- Davis. Athletically? He's pretty athletic. Anthony Giannis Davis. is more athletic. Okay. I, I, I was just I was just giving name. I'm not saying Giannis. And, and not, I'm not saying Anthony Davis is. He's he's a close number two or three. He's about the same size, but I think Giannis athletically is LeBron? a little more skillful. LeBron. Giannis is taller. He's six eleven, bro. LeBron's with a doing wings, it. With LeBron, a wings, LeBron's still doing know, it in year seventeen. But with a wingspan of seven. Can four. I j- talk about the improvement? I'm just looking at his points right now. He started at six, went to twelve, sixteen, twenty two, twenty six, twenty seven. Now at thirty one. And even the rebounds. I'm looking at rebounds. He's jumped every year. This is what great players do. This is what legends do. They improve each and every year. They better themselves to be the best. And he's heard since last year, oh, well, you got to work on your jumping. You got to work on your three-point game. You got to work on your jump shooting. You have to become a shooter. You can dominate and get to the get to the rim all the time. That's fine. But when it comes down to crunch time, playoff time, it's kind of like the Kirk Cousins thing. Stats all is all nice and nice, but when it comes to playoff time, that's where you make. That's where you become legendary well, and become remembered. And, and Giannis is doing that. Le- this reminds me of LeBron too. Yeah, think about it. That's LeBron what I when said. he that's oh, what I I said. No, I said and LeBron- the great ones and the great ones work on their skill and they get better. Yes. And that's he- what I said about LeBron when LeBron came into the league. He wasn't known for his shooting. It was everything else. That was the one game that he had to work on. And what did he do? Every year, he kept getting better and better. Three-point shooting, better and better. And now look at LeBron James. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the all-time greats. Maybe we'll go down as one of the top two or three greatest players of all time. Who, LeBron? Yes. He's already top three of all time. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, we'll but, get it. We're not going to no, get into but, the but argument. But Giannis, you see, you see the improvements the, that it's already happening. And he's at such a young age, 25 years old. He is he is dominating like LeBron did at the age of 24 and 25. If LeBron, I mean, and we're talking about a guy that's 6'11", that can play all five positions just like LeBron. This is literally a LeBron clone. And somebody said, I think it was Jay Williams, it is like LeBron and Anthony Davis have a baby. 
If you put them together, this side strength, this makes this is what they are together. The same kind. It's literally LeBron and Anthony Davis put together. And that's what you're seeing. A guy that's 6'11", that can do everything. And you know what else is remarkable, too? He's doing it for the Milwaukee Bucks. A, t- a team that you're not used to seeing to be this no. guy and this great. And oh. we're also seeing with a guy who's not teaming up. Well, at this present time, I know he's still under contract, but he's doing it with not another superstar. You, we've, we were watching the games last night. The Lakers. Last night you said it, and I think you're I think you're 100 percent right. Thank the, you. You, saw, you don't usually say that a lot. Yes, so I, I do. Th- once in a while, so stop. Once in a while? Ne- yes, I do. Like, yes, never, I have. You never like to admit it. Steve will probably remember. You it on never the show. like yes, to I admit it. Yes, I have, and you'll be like, "Oh, I told you so." <laughs> I think last night we did see the four best teams in the NBA: mm. the Clippers, mm-hmm. the Rockets, the Lakers, and the Bucks. But you all. But but, but what I'll say with this is each one of those three teams, except yes, for the Marcus, exactly. have two stars: yep, yep. Harden and Westbrook. Um, excuse me, LeBron <laughs> and Anthony Davis, yep. and then Kawhi. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yep. And when you speak about the Bucks, who right now have the best record in the NBA, they don't have a second superstar. No knock on Chris Middleton. He's a nice player. He's an all-star caliber. He's, he's a number. A he's a number three on other teams. He's a Kyle Kuzma. He's what the Lakers expect Kyle Kuzma Probably to be. Probably a better be version them. of Kyle Kuzma, but, but I he's, understand he what you're is saying. What the, he is what the Lakers expect as the number three guy. Yeah. To see what Giannis is doing now. You still got the playoffs, and you still got the rest of the season. And I'm not going to overstate the importance of one game in an 82 game season. No, I'm not even talking about December the game. I'm just ta- 19. I'm just talking but, about in general his but play. What, but what I think we're starting to see is, and I'm not taking this away from LeBron because a lot of people are going to get this wrong. But I think last night people have to start understanding that we are going to eventually see the passing of torch, if not sooner than later. Okay, they did. If you watched the game last night, they did like a player of each generation of whose generation it was, and they went through the 60s. And it was like Will Chamberlain or Bill Russell. The 70s was Kareem. 80s was Bird and Magic. The 90s was Jordan. The 2010, uh, 2000s was Shaq and Kobe. The 2010s has been LeBron James. What you're going to start seeing in the 2020s, this is the Giannis era. There is no other player that's going to be at his elite level. He is going to be the guy. Now, you're going to make – people are going to be like, what about Curry in the 2010s? Sorry. LeBron's has been the last 10 years. LeBron's been, been the best player. In the 2020s, yes. you're going to make the argument maybe it could be Luka Maybe it could be someone else. But Anthony right now, Davis. it's. I think where we are is Giannis. Bearing injury. Yeah, barring, barring injury, yeah, barring. He is the best player. And last night, if he can develop, and it doesn't have to be a great shooting game because LeBron never became a great shooter and still isn't a great shooter. He is still improving his shooting game, even in year 17. Mm-hmm. But if he can get to a point where he can make jump shots on a regular basis. It is going to make him unstoppable because at this point or another, he's unstoppable at his size and length and where he is at capability now. He, he could be one of the greatest players of all time, and we are looking at one of the greatest players we've seen is of all time mo- last night. Is he the most dominant player in the NBA right now? And if not, who would? I wouldn't say most dominant. I think he has the opportunity. So who's the most dominant player in the NBA then? I would still put Kawhi and LeBron ahead of him. Because we and the reason why I say quiet is because we seen him Playoffs. do it last year and what he but did. I'm not, I'm not, he, he did it to Giannis last I'm year not talk, and we've seen I, him do it to LeBron. I'm not talking about postseason and all that. I, I'm talking about regular season right now. I don't care about who's, regular season. Who's the? Well, I'm talking about that right now. Who is the most dominant? You have to put Giannis. I put, I, I put him third. I'll still put Kawhi and LeBron ahead of him. How is how? Hold on. So how is you're gonna say he's third? But where would you put him in player rankings right now? 
first. Oh, MVP? How do you have... No, how, no player. Not even MVP. Best player right now would either be, I, Le, I, would either be LeBron or Giannis. Yes. So how would he be number three then as most dominant? It just, it just because doesn't I add think up. When, I think because when I watched the playoffs last year, I watched Kawhi be able to shut down or at least neutralize Giannis. I think this is a different Giannis now. I think he's yes, I know, but because he but he, here's here's he exploited that know, flaw. But wh- he exploited okay. that weakness. But are, are, are and we, now Giannis are we basing that off of so what we've seen so far in 27 games so far. Here's my qu- why, here's why my question. <laughs> I mean, we're saying LeBron's. I mean, LeBron, what he's been if able he to does, do is amazing too. But would you not Jan- like to see it though in the playoffs? I, I, of course. That's why I'm going to take Kawhi and LeBron right now because I've seen LeBron do it 17 straight years. I know what I'm going to, and I've seen oh, Kawhi. LeBron would be, se- be my number two. I don't know how you don't take Kawhi. I would have. I, I didn't say Kawhi would wouldn't. I would say Kawhi would probably be in my top three. If I had to do my most dominant players right now, one A, one B, I would have Giannis, LeBron. Number two, I would have is Kawhi. Number three is also the guy up there in that picture. It's Anthony Davis. I'd have Anthony Davis at four because when Anthony Davis is playing on the court like he did last night, he's dominant. He is nasty. I'm, I'm he's, not a, he's a 30. It's a great argument a, to have. No, but I, I just think when Kawhi, when he's ready to play and when he played like he did last year in the playoffs, mm-hmm. when he wants to shut down guys and be yeah. his diamond, we've seen him do it against LeBron. I love Kawhi. Don't we've get me wrong. We've seen him against, do it against Giannis. Yep. We saw him do it against Golden State. I love Kawhi. Don't get me wrong. But what Giannis has been able to do this year and how I said, go back to my first point, is that how he's been able to improve every year. He knew coming into this year what his weakness is. He had to come in and do it. And guess what? He's doing it. He's shooting threes. Oh, oh, He's making those three balls. And guess what? If he continues to improve like this, who's stopping him? Nobody. I think the only thing you have to question, and if you watch, I don't know if you were sleeping at that point in time, but what you saw the Raptors do last year is when Giannis drove to the lane. I was not sleeping for the Raptors. They, no, it was early. It was early. It was They were showing previews of the game. It was, okay. They were trapping him and condensing the lane. So can his role players step up and be those impactful players that he needs them to be in the playoff time? Because, you know, just like football and baseball, everything becomes scrutinized and it becomes brought down to a smaller thing. So you can get away with things in the regular season that you can't get away in the playoffs because teams are more more vocal, defense. Defense is the name of the game in the postseason. I understand that. So that's what I'm saying. He, it's a great game he had last night. Will he be able to do the same things he is doing right now in the playoffs? That That's a I'm question mark to me. I, I think no. talent-wise and skill, I saw with Steve Rice, he is probably the best player in the league. He's playing like the best player. He's, I mean, think about where he's, where his level is I right think now, the best where he can I think be. to me it's it's up for debate. It's, it's either LeBron or Giannis. However you want to vote on it, however you want to perceive it about... And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's either either Giannis or LeBron. Those are the two best players in the world right now. And Giannis, why I think he's taking that next step to being greatness is because just the improvement. And that's what it comes down to. He's improved so much each and every year. And that's what all the greats have done. And that's why they become... That's why they were all-time greats. Because each year, they worked on their weakness and they improved on it. And it's showing right now, and last night showed as well too. Was on display. If you haven't able been able to see Giannis Antetokounmpo, because there's not a lot of times that he's on, because of the Milwaukee. 
But when you do, you ha you have to really watch him. If you're a basketball fan, you have to really see him. He'll be on this Christmas guy, Day. This man dominates. This kid, I should say. He's 25 years old. He's only a kid. He's a baby. And he's dominating the league right now. And, and you saw last year in the All-Star game. He is the captains. He, I mean, he is. As they call him. The Greek he's freak. A, he's a freak of an athlete. He's gotten stronger. And we and, haven't even talked about that. When he came in, he was a twig. Now he's 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 a beast. He looks like a beast, a six eleven beast. And you know what? Good luck to the rest of the NBA, because as I said, if this man ever ever develops some kind of shooting game, he'd be unstoppable. I just wanna, and he's on the verge of doing that. I just want to make one last stat to say one thing: this incredible season that the Bucks are having. They are three and zero right now against both LA teams. That's good. They are three and zero against both LA teams. But Ted, like you said, it comes down to postseason. And and and, and that's, and that's where, what that's what the name the that's what were, the name of the game yes, is. Yes, because the Bucks were phenomenal last season too, but we saw them I don't, them I, get dominated. Can I tell you who I got for my uh, bold prediction? I made. I picked the Heat against the uh, against the uh, Lakers finals. Because I'm I'm confident that Pat Riley's going to make a move. That's why it'd have to be significant. Oh, I, that's why I'm going. That's why I, I, I 100% think he's going to because that team is a dangerous team. I mean, everybody wants to talk about the Western Conference. How oh, it's been great, top heavy, but Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference, varies intriguing. You as know, well, you know, too, it's funny. Right we did we did do an NBA quick preview show, whatever. Month a couple, or two yeah. Ago. You know, and we haven't talked much NBA because really there hasn't been anything that exciting in the NBA season. Nothing that's really drawn our attention. Listen, I know Harden's putting up phenomenal numbers this year. Giannis is putting up. LeBron James, he's thirty plus thirty plus years old, and he's having over twenty five points and over ten assists a game, which has never been done by a guy old. 30 years old and older. Yeah. Last night he had another triple-double. He's having a phenomenal season. He's right there, one and two in the MVP caliber level. Luka Doncic, before he got hurt, has been having an incredible season. There's so many guys having great seasons this year. The Clippers are a phenomenal team. And we talked about, hey, maybe this year was a parody year. Really? There's three or four teams that have a chance to win the, the NBA Finals, and that's it. Let's be honest with each other. Let's be honest with each other. There is no more than three or four teams. It's either the two teams in LA are going to win it, because I don't. As good as Houston is, I don't think they could. If the if they have to play both teams, one in the semifinal. You already know how I feel about it. Ted. They're not going to be able to. You already know both. how I feel about the. And, then, the, and, with, the the, and they, with the East, I just think the Bucks are are head and shoulders above everyone else right now. Right now on December twentieth, if the Celtics or the Heat or the Sixers make a move down the road to get a piece or two, maybe that. Will change, mm -hmm. but right now, looking the way the Bucks are playing, Giannis is playing the role players, and they did that last night without Eric Bledsoe too. Another scorer and a point guard guy, and a guy that can score points, play great defense. That's, yeah, that's another key piece. Very impressive win for the Bucks. Very impressive win from the Rockets. It was a great night for the NBA. The four best teams were on display, and boy, oh boy, were those great matchups. If hey, if I could get those seven games for the finals with those two. And a second-round matchup between the Clippers and the Rockets, I'll sign me up for that because I love seeing some great competition. I love seeing the best of the best play, and I love seeing great games. And that was what, what it was last night. The NBA, job well done. There's, a, there's some great talent in the NBA. We don't talk enough about the talent in the NBA. There's some great, great talent, oh great God, young talent that's come. And it's only going to get better. They're getting, they're getting the boost, and college basketball is getting the... 
kick in the rear. And, end. and the and the and the funny thing about it is the number one player we haven't seen yet either. So that that's part of the reason maybe why we haven't talked to him. And that's a, that's there, a time for there another There is no story. Zion, and I think if Zion was playing a lot of networks. And a lot of podcasts who are trying to talk NBA would be mentioning about Zion, but he hasn't played this season. And we're and we're not talking about all these other teams that are having. Kimball Walker's having a phenomenal year with the, the Celtics. Celtics. Having a phenomenal year. And the year. Celtics are a better team this year with Kimball Walker than they are last year with Kyrie Irving. The Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler are having a phenomenal Big season. Big fan of the Miami Heat right now. Didn't see that coming. I did. I said they were a dark horse. People, people wanted to count them out. Trust me. That's a good organization to go to. And I said, I wouldn't even say good. That's a great organization. And that's why they've been consistent for years. And, and if they can, like I said, if they can add another superstar, not a superstar, but a, a two, like a Kevin Love or something like that, team them up with Bam Bam and Jimmy Butler, Tyler Harrow, the kid Nunn has been in so impressive. The rookie of, for them has been so impressive. They have such a great team. You know Spolstra. He's been a great coach. He's won titles. And then you got Pat Riley at the top. I mean, boy, oh, boy, the Heat. Just watch out for them. They make a move. I'm telling you. Could be a dark horse in the NBA playoffs. Bring the Heat. Bring the Heat, baby. I love what I'm seeing from the, the NBA. It's good. And it started last night. You had your best of the best on display. And it was a big and a hell of a successful night. For the NBA. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking our final break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by the Joseph Aguirre to talk some New York Yankee baseball. Garrett Cole, what a press conference it was. Are the Yanks done with it, though? What's going on with them? Lindor, Hader, what's going on with that? And what about the other teams? The, the big-name teams have been real quiet this year. We'll talk all that with Joe in a couple minutes. Keys of the City, we'll be right back. <laughs> Sports, we've got sports here on Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City, and here he comes. The Joseph Aguirre is joining us right now to talk some baseball. We're still talking baseball. The winter meetings are done with. But we're still talking some New York Yankee baseball. And the press conference yes, uh, the other day has happened. Garrett Cole is officially a New York Yankee. I love what I saw from him. I heard great things about it. The, the sign he still had. I just love seeing his I, the confidence. I think he's ready to take, take New York by the storm. Well, you know from past, we've seen players come in like a Randy Johnson that have not been able to handle the New York media. I think this kid is born to be in New York, and I think he's ready to take the challenge because we all know everybody's coming after you now. No, you haven't won the championship. You haven't won anything, but everybody's coming to you. What did you think of the press conference overall from Garrett Cole, and how excited are you to just see him finally in Yankee pinstripes? First of all, for anybody who uh, has anything negative to say about his wife, don't forget she was there long before... The $324 million. <laughs> also, that's Brandon Crawford's sister, the Giants shortstop. I don't know if everybody knows that or not. Joe's going in for some information. You got to know it. some things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I read something and I was like, very impressed. I also, he did an interview with Chris Russo, and Chris Russo basically suggested to him that he hasn't been the number one guy. 
And what does that feel like? And Garrett was quick to point out that he's always been a number one guy and that uh, he was the one that closed out the series against Tampa. Yes. So, yes. you know, when it comes to being in big games, same thing. Game three in New York, who was on the mound for that game? I know he struggled, but he got out when they needed I think, him I most. I think I sent you that video on Messenger. He came yeah. through when it when it mattered most. But I, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I also thought it was important, and you and I talked about this last night, Trev, um, the idea that, you know, he's this white whale that, that you know, the Yankees drafted him out of high school and he was like, screw you, New York. Yeah. I'm not g-. And that's not what happened. His father's a Ph.D., and his father, as he told Garrett and his sister, get your education. They had already committed to UCLA, and that's how important commitments are to this guy. So don't hold that against him. Also, him not getting traded to the Yankees when he ended up going to Houston – it's not like he had a say in the matter. Mm-hmm. So this idea that 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 Garrett Cole spurned the Yankees multiple times, it's not really true. He he's always wanted to be there. He said as much. My I got a little teary eyed. I don't know he, when when he held up the sign and then he was like, "I've always been here." <laughs> you gonna cry right now? You're not gonna cry right now, are you? I don't know him well enough to to actually cry, but it, that's how I felt. I got choked up. Did you did you read the story how like the Yankees kind of got him got him to sign? It was a part of the thing like the wine bottle. Did you hear about that? Oh, the the wines. I mean, I'm a wine drinker. So I he, appreciate so that, man. He was in Florence. I don't know. Did you read the story, Trev? So no, when he not. was on his honeymoon in Florence in Italy with his wife, um, they had a special bottle of red wine. And I love red wine. The club manager. He he was saying like he remembered the club manager from the Pirates. A very. Uh, Got great guy. He said mm-hmm. the Astros guy. He said the Yankee guy. He remember having the conversation with him back in two thousand eight, and the guy remembered exactly what bottle of wine. Yeah, what Bob year it was. Yeah, smart. And, and when they came in, they walked in with a big box, and it had the two thousand eight and two thousand nine both bottles of red wine. Which, if you want to know, they're nine hundred dollars a bottle. Um, what kind of wine? It's mass. I'm Whatever I would drink, I love red so, wine. I'm a red wine but, drinker. Me but, too. But I love red. I can't do the and, white wine. That's, was, that's nah. It was just too sweet for it's me. For your sister, but the I white guess wine. Andy Pettit was you know was his childhood. Well, and again, I, why and did it, they bring Andy Pettit? Pettit I mean, yes. So he brought the child, and then the, the red wine. To be able to remember something like that just shows how far the Yankees were going to get him. I mean, listen, it's a special moment. You're trying anything you to do to persuade. You know, I it's, it's we, like you're trying to get that girl. I think what, what, like, you remember that one little detail she said yeah. in class, like she loved that special rose. Goes like, over rose, well. Rose. Goes over well. And you're like, and all these guys are like, they're better looking. They remember. And then you like bring her that card that had that special thing. It's like you remember. And you know, the iPad. It's like the Grinch. The Grinch gave, um, oh, what's her name? The, the gift. Cindy Lou Who? No, no, no. The, the old, oh, what's, I oh, forgot. Oh, in the movie. I uh, forgot. They, he, she always remembered the gift that he oh, got. Oh, right, And right, she right, fell right, in love. Right. See? Yep. It works. The mayor's oh, wife. It goes extra, it goes the extra mile, see? Or, <laughs> but on the, on the, you know, they gave him, and I've actually heard some idiots talk about this, uh, this, um, what do you call it? Like iPad that the Yankees yeah. also included, but it wasn't. They just gave the guy $324 million. It's not like they were like, hey, we're going to sweeten the deal with an iPad. Inside the iPad was places to live in the city or if you want to go outside the city, schools, restaurants. It was like, here's everything you two, and it's all right here. And they know he's a techie guy. That was a really nice touch, and it's something he's going to use. And again, it's not like that swung the deal. No. You know, and, but there's, but believe it or not, 
I've literally heard people suggest some. That's why I bring these things up, like the wife. People are like, oh yeah, I'm sure, and it's like, well, she was there before. Yeah, she like, was there before. Yeah, like everyone says that, Come like on. it's nonsense. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, and and here's the other thing. What speaks volume of how he knew he always wanted to be a Yankee was after the Yankees offered the ninth year, they never even went back to the Angels and to the um, the Dodgers and said, hey, listen, do you want to go nine years? They never even went back. They were like, that's fine, that's good. Now I don't know if anyone's read up. But Ken Rosenthal also pointed out that if the if Garrett Cole does choose to opt out out of his fifth year, the Yankees can block it at a tenth year and add the contract up to three hundred sixty million if they choose to. We're not worrying about that. We're worried. I'm not about worried about now. it for five years from now. I want to just wait until next year. I want to win a championship. But I also think bringing in Garrett Cole also puts a lot of pressure on Matt Blake, the new pitching coach, because listen, you you got rid of Rothschild. He went to he's he went gone. To the Phillies. I know he's gone. And he and and you had numbers Yankees. when the Gi- Yankees fired him, Trev. I remember you spitting out some stats and showing. Listen, he's one of the most efficient Yankee pitcher. Pitcher. Last year was his worst. Year. Yeah, last year was his worst year, and I think that's why he got canned. Because who's, last who's, year, who's who's worst year? Rothschild, the team ERA. The team ERA was the worst under but him. The, that but he, the whole league's ERA was up. I, I you know, I, no, no, but no, that's why I'm saying. I think I understand. I think he's the one that got. It's somebody the blame, had to be the, the most, scapegoat because yeah. you're not getting well, rid not, of all not your Houston. starters. They had signs, so you know they knew exactly. Well, sure, but look, here's he here's was the my point on the whole thing. There are so many people right now who are like, just get rid of J. Hap. Get like a bucket of baseballs for J. Hap. And and here's the thing, 2018. The Yankees don't make the postseason Without if Jay they Hap. don't get Jay Happ. He was seven and zero. Okay, now was he great in the postseason? No, and he matched up against a really good Boston, a historic Boston team. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that was the beginning of his downfall, as if the end of eighteen and a juiced ball in nineteen have anything to do with each other. Also, uh, from about August fifth on, Jay pitched great. I understand they left him off the postseason roster, but somebody was going to get left off. I'll also point out, and we talked about this early this morning, guys, the idea that you've taken away the Yankees' best starter from a year ago, Domingo Herman, you want to get half out of that rotation as well. You add Cole, and now it's the best rotation in baseball, or or top three. I think it's easily top two. I, but I, I'm, I'm stunned by that because from what everybody said last year, Right through the postseason, the, the Yankees rotation is garbage. It's mediocre. It's not good enough. You added one guy, and, now and you took out the best guy, you took and you want to throw out another one, and now it's the best rotation in baseball. You took it away from your arch rival on top of it. That helps. And, I mean, who else are you putting against them with their pitching staff? I mean, the Nationals. But it just, look, the it Nationals, just goes to show. If you want to say top two, the Nationals would be the only team, I, and maybe the Mets, Mets that I would consider as. The Dodgers. Well, let's see how no. that all shakes out. No, I, well, don't, all no, that, no. I don't think that's no. today. Think and, and, and you know what? In Cleveland, no one just knows. lost Kluber. I know, but they still got a lot of young guns in that, in that uh, staff. They retool quick. They really and they do it because there's and they're in a crappy division. That helps. It that, does. That does. That does. Do you think the Yankees are done with making a move? Because I thought with the Cole move, I think this was what they wanted to do, and that was it. And they were going to try to get back some of their pieces. Now you're hearing all these rumors. Going after Schorber. I don't think the Yankees need to go after a first baseman like him, especially if they're going to ask for so much. And then you got guys like Hader. You got Lindor. But Lindor is the name that you've been hearing. It's so associated. Does it shock you that Brian Cashman right now is working the phone? 
What we've seen over the last few years from Brian Cashman is less on the free agents, more on the trades. That's that's something you like he's that? done do a you really. Like, do you like that idea? I prefer it because listen, if if there's a guy out there who underperformed last year and the team's looking to move him, you know they're not looking for top prospects. Like Lindor is gonna is gonna deplete your farm system, and you you can't have that. You know we talk about is how Judge and Sanchez and Glaber and all these guys are gonna have to get extended. Well, who's the next? If you don't <laughs> resign all these guys. Who's going to replace them? You're going to just keep, you built up your farm system to get you here, and now everybody wants to chop it back down, and they don't think there's going to be any ramifications. You're out of your mind. Oh, I uh, remember at the we're time. We're not getting rid of Florio. You're not getting rid of Debbie Garcia. You're just not doing remember, it. I, I, I remember that? I agree. Remember and I, and I, don't, I don't think the Yankees even have the chips necessary. Again, unless you, unless you clear it out, you're not getting Lindor. You're not getting Bryant. Those guys might get moved. We saw Kluber get moved. Lindor's probably next. Mookie Betts is probably going to get moved. I'm seeing more signs out of Boston that that's pretty likely at this yeah, point. Yeah, because they need to do... Yes. They need to retool their farm system because they gave up everyone to win that championship. And Remember when the Yankees did have a, a terrible farm system and then they somehow magically... Well, Chapman and... It was after 14, into 15, as yep. they started, you know, Chapman and Andrew guys Miller and trade. bringing people and, and in and making th- trades. That's how you retool. Listen, you need to keep a somewhat of a good farm system. You have to because if you do need to make the trade, you need to have the pieces there if you need to. The Yankees don't need any pieces right now. No, uh, and no. you also have to understand that if you are going to trade for Francisco Endor, and you're going to kill your farm system. You're also going to kill your payroll because he's going to want a contract extension. And what will you pretty much is, yes. Now, I don't think he's it's a pretty three, much a two year. I know, but here's the thing. I don't think he's a three hundred million dollar man. But that's numbers that have been thrown out. Now, say even he's two hundred million dollars. So we're going to have Garrett Cole for three twenty four. We're going to have Stan for three twenty. I mean, like. Oh, yeah, I mean, and then we're and like you said, Joe, you just can't keep handing I, out I mean, three hundred million dollars. I mean, contracts. people freak out about that, but then what about Sanchez? What about Judge? Torrance. Now I know they're under arbitration year, so you got them for another one, two, or three years, depending on what arbitration. If they're under arbitration one, two, or three, but eventually those guys are gonna have to be signed. So what guy are you going willing to lose? You know what I'm saying? You have if you were making a baseball team right now, the Yankees have the perfect team. They have an ace. They have number two who could be an ace. You have a number three who could be a number two. You have a number four that could be a number two. You have a one of the deepest bullpens, and if not the best bullpen in baseball, and they were last year. You have a power lineup that hit over 300 home runs last year. You have guys that can hit for average. You have a Contact great, hitter would be nice. You have a great coach. You have an organization that <laughs> loves to win and is not willing to – is not scared to pay for guys. What more could you want 20, in, a, in, a, in a baseball team? Well, see, that you do, see that, what that your brother worry. just said is he wants he wants to have a video game starting lineup. I want Tony. You Gwynn. want you want Tony? Yeah, you want Tony. I want Gwynn, a Tony. Tony three sixty right off the top of the lineup. Look, could could the Yankees could the Yankees have a perfect team? Sure. They could they go up and did. get and get Bryant to Joe, play third do. and Lindor at short. Yes, they already they do. do. So dang close. It's not even funny. Could you finish it off and put together like a six hundred million dollar team with superstars? Sure, they're already going to pay a serious amount of luxury yes. tax, and that's a big problem. And the Yankees are at this point looking to shed payroll. They're not looking to bring anything. That's why on. they are looking to get rid of Hap. And, 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 and listen, and I'm not trying to cut you off, Jeff. But I, I remember oh. I was showing Joe when we were talking about this beforehand. There's possible free agents next year for the Yankees that are on their team, meaning Tanaka and Paxton. They're going to have to re-sign those guys now. 
I don't, we both said we don't think they're going to resign both of them. Maybe they will, but we both said if those guys were both on the open market, they are at least Bumgarner-type numbers, meaning $80 million. Yep. So that's another $160 million, and they're both going to— if Bumgarner's older than both of them, they're both 31, they're both going to get at least four years, and we're talking at least $80 million, possible $100 million. Just go over the luxury time. Well, they, well, already, they are. Well, they already are. Just keep they adding. To, just keep adding to it. But well, that's that's. There's, there's the thing. <laughs> like, if you're gonna go over, just go over. Just go over. Just go over. Exactly. Next year's a whole new year. Two years from now, everything starts to reset. You're gonna pay some. You're gonna pay a lot of money the next couple Unless of years. Unless Stan wants to leave, which we it's both said, it. we both agreed. There's no way he's gonna leave and get the contract he thinks he wants. Of course not. Unless, Are you me? Just unless, unless, we'll get Mike Trout. Unless he hits 70 home runs this year and has MVP, maybe then, then Yankee fans will be like, "Oh, I'm getting his jersey now." That's, yeah, that's, everybody's that's, gonna Yankee, love yeah. the guy. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, that's until he strikes uh, out no, four times in a playoff game. Asked, we'll hate him again. Now, exactly. I think I'm probably gonna ask your question. Were you shocked by Bumgarner going to the Diamondbacks? No, I. I yeah, it's a curious you. move. In a division, sure. like a division rival. I, well, you know, again, th- this time of the year, I think teams sort of kid themselves. Yeah, like like Texas picking up Kluber. That's really, what, guys? On. That's what I was going to That's gonna not going to help that's you. That's what I was going to get. No, but not even the team. Forget about the teams for one second. It's the players. Why would two players like them go to two teams that – are not going to be contending. Well, Cooper well, didn't have not, a choice. Well, no. Well, right. What if he asked? He. Uh, what if he didn't want to go? What if he, he didn't have a no trades clause in his thing? What if he wanted to get traded to a contender? I know it's not the best. Uh, there was you probably not the best sometimes. offer. Right. But you see the players like Bumgarner going to the Arizona. Why? Couldn't you have gone to a team like that needed a pitcher that could contend? Well, here's the thing. Maybe, and we don't. I don't know for sure. Unless Joe does, and I'll have him correct me. But maybe Bumgarner, that was the most money. And he said, listen, and you got to look at it this way. I mean, he's already going I, into the Hall of Fame. Money in years. He's, he's got yeah. the World Series, so he's not chasing ranks. He's already going to the he's Hall of Fame. He's got the MVPs. I would at this point or another, you're probably ah. just trying to solidify. Wait, really? Hold on. You're I'll just get trying it. to solidify Wait. your bank account. Hold on. You don't think Bumgarner is – I'm not saying for first ballot or something. I'm talking – you don't think he's a Hall of Famer? All right. All right. I, I always thought Harold Baines, when I was a kid, was going to be There's a Hall of Famer. I, and again, not like, oh, oh, he's the, or Alan Trammell. Those guys were people I thought were Hall of Famers. If you ask me today, if I think by the time he's 45 will be a Hall of Famer, I'll say yes, but he's 31. I mean, he's got, he's got some work to do. If Thurman Munson and Don Mattingly can't be, aren't in the Hall of Fame at this point, I, I don't know that Baumgartner or Kershaw has done enough in the short... I'm just no, saying, no, I, no, I, there's, apparently there's like a 10 or 12 year standard that isn't listed anywhere, but that's sort of what they're the working the way off I look of, at is, so I don't know. The way I look at it from my perspective, and, and everyone has their own, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but I am a little bit. Were you one of, your, were you one of the best players in your league during your time? He's definitely one of the best pitchers. Was he one of the best pitchers? And say, yeah. the last 10 years, yep. was he one of the best pitchers? Yes. In baseball. Yes. Sure. Yes. So listen, I thought Larry Walker was a surefire Hall of Famer. Really? You're looking I, at me like well, I'm because nuts. Go get his baseball card, flip it around, already, and you're like, oh, my God. We already do that in general. Well, right. That's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> I thought he was a Hall of Famer. I thought Yvonne Calderon was a Hall of Famer. Like, th- those are – again, I thought they were fringy guys. But, again, 
you you play for 15, 16 years and you hit 380, 400 home runs. I'm like, yeah. See, that's Dale what, Murphy. And yeah, I, and, I'm, I'm just, yes. and I, I'll say something. I think about, I don't think Jeter gets 100. percent I don't think he's deserving of. 100%. I don't think anybody deserves 100 percent except for Mariano. I think he was the rare yes. exception. It was deserving because you know what? It, that is a new job. He could have been the MVP for the Yankees every year. Mike Trout should be 100. percent No, but, no. but this this closer gig it's new. Yes. What these? You know the 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 Reggie uh, uh, Reggie well, not Smith. Reggie Smith Reggie, Reggie Smith uh, yeah Reggie Smith and, and <laughs> oh, Goose. That okay. was a different breed. This is the the Trevor Hoffman, Billy Wagner, Mar- uh, Mariano. That's a different breed of reliever. And Mariano is the greatest one in the 20 years since that's been the guy. And then he, the had, the one num- and and then he had the numbers and the World Series to back it up. Right. And, and, and the way I look at it is Jeter doesn't really have – well, that's actually really bad. I was going to say he doesn't really have Hall of Fame, but he does. I mean, he has – he's well, got because the he doesn't have got- 500 home runs? Well, he, see, the problem is, if, well, no, no, if, if no, you're, answer, not a, no, you're not a Yankee fan. No, Ralphio Palmero does. No, answer And me. a 300 average, and where's so he? He does, but here's Who the knows? way I look at it. When I look at No G- one's seen him in a I long time. A, if I wasn't a Yankee fan, right? Did I ever consider Jeter one of the best players in baseball during his time? You should have. Funny story. You should have. You know why? Do you not? Th- you should have. Oh, so let least, me right? say this: I, I I love Derek Jeter, and and Derek but I also Jeter, think if Jeter was playing for Tampa Bay or the Rangers, he wouldn't be, and he wouldn't have the same. Probably a, not, because being a New York Yankee. Well, he we wouldn't have the World Series. I know that, but if you're a great quick. player, you're a great player. The, the beef between A Rod and Jeter. I used to be a big A Rod guy. Over me too. And I was I was a little upset, and then I thought about what he said, and I'm like, well, no, you plan for Bernie, you plan for Paulie, you're planning for Tino. You're not really. No one's like, don't let Jeter beat you. Jeter will beat you, but that's not. You're not thinking Jeter's gonna beat. You. I don't look at you're him in the same way I do other him. Hall of Famers. Now, I, why? Because he didn't have five hundred home runs. Base. But he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's oh, a first ballot I, Hall of Famer. I, I mean, the I fourth gets, most hits in history. I think he gets like ninety-eight percent. I want to ask. I want to ask you a question. Why do you not consider him one of those guys? Because he didn't hit five hundred or six hundred home runs. Has nothing to do with the home runs. Why no? But why does Cal Ripken got ninety eight percent of the vote? I think if Jeter and uh, Griffey got ninety eight or ninety nine, if you're up in the ninety eight ninety nine, shut up. Like six guys said, no, you're fine. Then why is he? Why? Why honestly? Because I look. Why? I, I think stupidly talent. Well, home runs. Talent. Talent. Home runs. In, a, in an era where shortstops were ripping 30 a year, yeah. Jeter's best was I, I, I think analytically he, he wasn't that great of a defense. And he was shortstop. not. Well, that's true, too. If he, he had, wasn't he had that shortcomings. Great, if he had, but again, you know, here's the thing. Analytics doesn't measure the intangibles. It doesn't measure, you know, his face in, in the, into the seats or the, the flip. The toss. Right? It doesn't factor any of those things in. That's the eye test I talk about, where people are like, "But the analytics." Well, no, and yes, the analytics will definitely tell you what. But he what has the guy all. The, he has all the moments. But and those extra and things, the clutch things. Yeah, I mean, the, just the way Jeter finished his career at Yankee Stadium, the game-winning single to the right side. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame because that's what Derek Jeter always did: the homer in '96, the homer against the uh, against the Diamondbacks. The guy had the flair for the dramatic. That's why he's a Hall of Famer, and he did it in New York, and he did it for 20 years. The biggest stage. That's why he, it, it, yes, and the and the championships. That's the reason why he's a Hall of Famer. See, but he see, did have some shortcomings. I talked about, I talked about for it. Sure, I talked about it in the NFL with that. That's when you get remembered. You get remembered oh, oh, the for clutch the, the clutch moments. Kirk Cousins. He it's could, why Eli will be in the Hall of Fame. 
Why in the two yes. biggest moments in Giants history, two of the biggest moments in Super Bowl history during clutch. a 20-year reign of the Patriots, he came up big. And again, you I hear people all, all the time talk about well, it was the defense that 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 led those teams. Yeah, but who walked off with the MVP? Wasn't Michael Strahan? Wasn't Justin Tuck? Here's the other thing: Eli. When the Giants were down 14-10, who led them down to score? It was Eli Manning. Right. Now, I know you could say the defense put them in the position to be, but you still need the quarterback to drive them down the field and score the touchdown. They and, gave him the MVP for a reason. And here's the thing. As much as we've talked about teams with defense this year, what did we talk about today with quarterbacks, with the Cowboys, with the Prove Eagles, with the, with the Vikings, with all these teams? Can the quarterback be the difference maker to get them over the hump? Can Kirk Cousins... Prove that the Minnesota Vikings are an actual Super Bowl caliber. And that's team. What, like Joe just said, what you get remembered for the moments in the postseason. That's where you get your. Kirk Cousins that's remembered to be an 0 and 8 on Monday Night Football. Let me say this in real quick too. He, I, I mentioned Thurman Munson a minute ago, and and I think it's an unbelievable uh, miscarriage of justice. Everything that Thurman Munson did. And if you look at all the Thurman Munson, especially in light of, and I like Ted Simmons a lot, and I'm glad Ted. I thought Ted Simmons was a Hall of Famer. I really did. He's in my pile of Hall of Famers. But if he's in there, if Alan Trammell and Harold Baines are in there, how are you going to say a three, a, a two-time, a two-time World Series champion, an MVP in 1976, a Rookie of the Year, a guy whose career got cut short? You made an exception for Kirby Puckett because the numbers were there, the championships were there. Same thing with Thurman, and Thurman's postseason numbers are immaculate. It's it's stunning and it speaks to the New York bias. And if he wasn't, if he w didn't have that unfortunate accident, he'd be clearly a. Hawk. It also ruined the Yankees into the early '80s because they never quite made the adjustment. I loved Rick Cerrone, but Rick Cerrone was not even close to Thurman after 1980 and until '84, '85 when Butch Wanderer. It was that's where the that's why those early '80 Yankee teams were so bad because that's how that's what an impact Thurman had on on a really. I mean, you're talking about from 76 to 81. It was one of the best teams in baseball. Eventually, uh, Rick Cerrone got hurt, and, and then the Yankees started to go downhill, and it was a shame. I got one more question for you. Go ahead. Well, we've seen all the big moves so far, but it seems like it's been quiet for certain teams. Like, which big-name team needs to make a move now? And I feel like the Red Sox are the only team that's doing a, making a move that could be – what Mookie? I think. I mean, I, I think, think Houston's got to do something to make up for a losing. What about Cole. the Dodgers? Uh, the losing Dodgers out on Rendon to losing, be fine. But losing out on Rendon, losing out on Cole, the two big guys. What? What was? What's wrong with the Dodgers now? I think it's the That's, same issue that they had last year. The bullpen. Sure, but they added pieces to the bullpen, and they still didn't get there. I don't think good enough pieces. Well, who's available? But chances. There you go. Maybe a, and, when, and when the reason why I say but that, but I haven't heard them link no, to his name at all. I, I think I, they need to add another. I'm just saying pitcher. he's the type of guy that we probably we get, and I'm going to take it from a Yankee perspective that a guy that like you put him on the Dodgers or like the Phillies or the Nationals or a team that's close or even Houston Nationals, a guy that could take them over the hump to where like all right you're good and now now you got like if you like if you're the Dodgers right you got Kelly Jansen who's one of the best closers in baseball but he struggled mightily last year. Mm -hmm. But now you bring in Batances. Now you got it. Now you got that guy where, God forbid, Kelly Jansen has an injury or ha or starts falling. You had a guy that knows how to pitch in the ninth and knows how to pitch in big moments and pitch so in the you, in the biggest market in baseball. So you would say, 
For me, the two biggest things is the Dodgers and the Red Sox. One, what will the Red Sox do with Mookie Betts' contract, and will they trade him before this beginning of the season? Who would have thought? A year and ago, they would we would have thought they would that, guarantee him. Because here's the thing. The two names a you're year hearing later, the they Red might Sox, be trading him. The two names you're hearing is David Price, they're trying to get off the books, and they're trying to get Mookie no, Betts. No, we can't lose David Price, the greatest Yankee pitcher of all time. So David Price and Mookie <laughs> Betts. So, and, and that's not to gain, but to do whatever they need to do to get their contract and to rebuild their farm system. And for the Dodgers, I think... I got to say the Dodgers because here's the thing. When you've been in the position, they have been the best team in the NL for, what, the last four years, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. correctly, and they've been in the World Series, what, three times? Mm. And you've not and you've not won the World Series? I mean, like, uh, how long are we going to continue this, this phony show yeah. until, like, it's like, all right, I had enough? See, I disagree with that because— But, but if you're a Dodger look, fan, the, right, Joe? the National League oh. is not as good as the American League. No, I know League. that, but the Dodgers— I Why haven't they been able to win? The AL's been better. Well, the AL's I been mean, better. I mean, the Dodgers. Dude, you went up the against Dodgers a were, really good Astros team, a really good Red Sox team. But they were historic you know, that mean, year. When they sure. lost to the Astros that year, they were they were historic, historically good for their standards. I think if you're the Dodgers, I mean, I think you look to add a piece or two. I don't think. I mean, you look at that team; it's stacked. I don't think they have to do anything major. The Red Sox, I think, have serious issues. I think they're going to make a blockbuster <laughs> trade. Uh, it's going to be one of those guys. I'm just I'm laughing What's because I was thinking be? about the Dodgers. They've lost the last three World Series champions. They got yes. They got, I mean the Nationals. They had the lead. Lost. They had the lead and they blew it the last two games. And I say blow it because when you have the lead and you go back to your I home like stadium. I like what you said. I like what he's. I well, like what he said. I'll let you finish. Sorry, Joe. No, no, no. I like what he said before any of this ever happened. When we were talking about what it. the Astros? Yeah. All right, let me go. Right, Anaheim has 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 added some Anaheim. pitchers. Added Rendon. The Anaheim Angels Texas, are back? Texas. <laughs> hold on. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Texas brought in Kluber. The A's are always the A's. Houston lost the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. And we facts. And I've heard Texas is linked up to because they have the farm system to Lindor. I saw that. So that's a possible thing. And they've already made the deal with Kluber. I saw that. So you don't know. And like you said. The Angels, they just found out that Shohan Otani is going to be able to pitch this season. So that There's at least is going to help the pitchers. <laughs> and listen, if they can make another move, they can bring in the guy right They just signed uh, Tehran. Did you see that? Julio I did. Tehran. Julio Tehran. Sure well, look, they got two really good innings eaters in him and Dylan Bundy. Yeah. So again, I think if you're Houston, you see the Yankees just got significantly better. Now they've got the best rotation of baseball. <laughs> You see Texas making moves. You see Anaheim making moves. And they're not great moves, but they're moves nonetheless. If you're Houston, you got to add something. you got to oh, do something. That's what I'll get uh, Because ask. also, uh, what's that? What's their kid? Uh, Whitley, their top pitching prospect. Uh, for the Angels? Uh, no, 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 no. no. The uh, Houston, uh, the Astros. Forrest Whitley, is that the kid's name? I think name? it was, and they didn't want to trade him last year. For, yeah. Oh, uh, Granky. That was like one of the things. He um, really didn't have a great year. But they also are going to get. So, who are they some getting, concern about him but, going. Though they forward. are getting Lance McCullers back from Tommy John surgery. God, who was he's out still last on the year. team. I forgot. But now, see, this is a funny story because, right, Severino comes back, and what did we all say? Well, we just don't know what he's going to be like, even though we did, and he was. But we could be critical because but we're it's, Yankee fans. Right, sure. But it's easy to do. McCullers come back and win 15, 17 games. We'll be good. What? Maybe he does the potentials, eight pitches, and he's gone again. And again, we, we always do this. I say this all the time, especially to Steve Risser. When it comes to Kershaw and Bumgarner, they come off the IL for a month or two, and you're like, hey, he's going to go out and throw eight tonight. 
Severino is up, and you're like, well, who knows? Maybe he we'll might have to get the see. bullpen in the He'll five. be throwing about 75 miles an hour. Like, get out of here. I, I, Come on. I just think because we're fans of the teams, we're more oh. highly critical. Like, I but we shouldn't be. be. Because me and Trev have got this argument. I'm more highly critical of Eli than I am of a quarterback, but I can be, and I feel like it because I'm a Giant fan. I watch the Giant. I watch Giants football every Sunday. Be right. Critical I don't watch, and I don't watch like Dallas and Went or and Dak. I don't watch Kirk Cousins and the Vikings every week, so I can't be highly critical because at the end of the day, I can give two hoots about what they do on their Sunday. What I care about is my. I'm not critical of Eli because. I, but I can be. Look, the last. Let me just what, make, what are you? What may do you I make one more point about mean? Eli? By the way, if he was Eli Jenkins or Eli Smith, you're 100 and not right. a Manning. You're say. You would look back on that guy's career and be like, he was amazing. Here's the other thing. His, but you're always going to hold him up to his father and his brother, and it's not fair. Better than his because his well. But his father played in a different era yeah. anyway, yeah. and his brother was 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 top five the, one of the of greatest time. of all time. And that doesn't mean that Eli's not. Different job, different me, different place. Who has been? I know that I'm not even going to say the winners because I think the obvious winners for the winter meetings in the MLB so far are the Yankees and Angels. But who's been the biggest loser so Astros. far in the offseason? Yeah, when you lose the Houston. best pitcher in baseball, absolutely. Now I've also I don't know if you guys read it's really going to come down to the Nats and the Braves for Josh Donaldson. Now that looks like the Nats are willing to fork. Nats have to. Nats have to because they just lost. They don't Rendon. have to. Well, but it'd be nice to get. I mean, losing Rendon, you lose a top player like well, that. Well, here's the thing: you get Donaldson, you take it away from the Braves, you take it away against your rival. Yeah. And you're making your team better, and you're yeah. filling a void. That's a win-win-win. And it's kind of like what we said with the Yankees: you're taking away against your greatest rival in the AL, and that's the Astros, the team that's knocked you out of two playoff series. Yeah. Right. Terrible. And and you're gaining the best pitcher, and you're making your team even better. I'm surprised the Phillies haven't been more active. I heard they're after Patance. They, and they should be, but they need starting pitching. They need a lot of things in Philly. I, I would have thought Philly would have been more. They, should, ta they should take J.A. Happ as well, too, and make it just even more another Yankee player on the team. You know? Why not? Didn't he you got Rothschild. You got Didi. You got Girardi. Well, listen, there's Hell, still. Come on. Maybe get Patance and J.A. There's still Happ. a lot of guys out there. Keiko's still out there. Listen, there's still a lot of guys to be know. signed out there. And you got to wait till spring training because things are going. What? I, what I'll say? be honest with you. I think between now and, and January, February, I think it's going to be more trades than guys getting signed. Because if you look at yes. who the top guys were, I mean, I mean, I'm looking up Trevor Cahill, Rich Hill, Colin McHugh. Are these these are free agents that are available? I realize those are relievers, but the pitchers right now, it's Keuchel. It's nobody, <laughs> nobody who I'm like, oh, got to get that game guy. Nobody game. There's changes. no more game changers. So I think if you're in the Angels uh, or Houston or one of those, the Dodgers looking to add guys, there's not a lot left. I think what teams are going to start looking to do is, especially teams that have minor league talent that can make, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more trades where like Lindor, where you got a guy who's two years away from free agency. That's when you want to move him because like you said, it's a kind of a two year rental before yeah. you can't resign the guy either. I might as well get something for but him. Now I think, I think you're going to see a bunch of, I, I would predict three of those moves between now and February 1st. That's why I think I, I think you're wrong on that with the farm system and the trades because of I think these teams are going <coughs> to 
emphasize the farm system more. Well, you've seen teams like the Yankees at one point had no farm system. Sure, the but- Red Sox now have to go back and trade these big pieces because of the factor that they don't have no farm system anymore. See, so I don't can I can I don't like prospect hoarding. I think that's it's true. stupid. No, that's true. And and if you look at the Yankees over the last four or five years, name one guy that the Yankees have traded that they regret moving. No one. No one. Not one of them. No, no. Not one of them has panned out. So for everybody who's like, I wouldn't give up Debbie Garcia. First of all, you've never seen Debbie Garcia pitch. <laughs> I have never seen him. You, you've watched, you've watched like a video of him strike out three guys. You've never seen him pitch. You don't know anything about him. You didn't see the scouting report. You don't know how badly he pitched when he got to AAA. You, you're just saying stuff because you don't know, and that's fine. I'm telling you, if a team really values your prospect and you're like, mm, move them. You look at the Yankees had to, to bite the bullet on Chance Adams. They could have moved this kid three years ago. And don't tell me the Yankees didn't know he didn't have the right makeup. Because we know the Yankees have been for years overhyping prospects. Yep. We could go through the list of them. They've all been busts. Other than Judge. Other than Judge, Sanchez, Claiborne, yeah, and Duhar, they really... Yeah. It's been few and far between. David Robertson is is one of the rare Yankee pitchers to come out of that system and still be in baseball. Can, I can't think of many guys though in farm system that have been traded. They're like, oh, I we lost might, that guy. We might. See, here's the thing. You know what I mean? We might. You want guys, like, we talk about this in the NFL. Who would the White you Sox want, get for Chris Sale? Mankata. Yo, Other than Mankata, what else did they get in that deal? Nothing else that became no, anything. And, and the thing is, you want guys that you know that already play in the major leagues that can already produce. Because who cares what they do in the farm and what's their potential? You say it all the time. What does potential get you? Fired. Fired. You want to know what— Don't it, move Estevan Florial. He's the best 19-year-old at, like, half-season A-ball. Shut you, up. Can I tell you one thing? The we reason- might view, Hold on. We might view— that as these farm system players, as, oh, why? If they're still not up after year five, then what, what makes us believe we're going to be excited? They might think differently, though. That's why they might want to still keep these guys. And that's why you, I don't see many trades happening this offseason because I just think people, well, these I guys. I think you're the, going to be very I, surprised because, listen, teams no I longer. I agree with you because they no the longer value the, 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 like the 32-year-old veteran because that guy costs $12 million a year. People don't want those guys anymore. Those guys are – and we saw Keiko and Kimbrell couldn't get jobs, and there's a reason for that. Teams don't value veteran Youth players and anymore. contract control. Yes. That is so desirable at this point. A guy like Clint Frazier – I mean, Clint Frazier is going to be moved by the Yankees this offseason, 100% guaranteed. It does nothing for the Yankees to keep him at AAA anymore. Nope. There's no space for him on the big league roster. The only thing that could happen at this point – is another injury where he misses a season. And then his trade value goes down. Correct. Now, Which has already happened. Now, I'll, I'll just finish on this last note. The only reason why I disagree with your point uh, where you don't see trades is because you want to make the trades now so that when spring training comes, you can start setting your rosters and your control because if you wait, you're not going to know who. If you trade Mookie Betts, right, between that time and February, you now know, okay, I got this off the payroll, and now I know I can go get these free agents. But the Red Sox can't go say, I want to get this guy, this guy, and this guy. Now, they're not going to be a lot of money, but I can't put these guys on the payroll until I know yeah, I'm going to get this guy I'm off. saying, but other guys, other than like Mookie or Lindor, I don't see a lot of trades I don't see the Indi- That's I, my thing. I, other than those two big names, I don't see a lot of trades happening. I hear rumors. No, I don't see a lot of trades rumors. either. Like I hear the Schwarber thing or That's the Aaron Hato. It's not, th- those guys are not going to get moved. But Mookie... 
and Lindor. Well, listen, are the two don't, guys. Don't, here, here's the thing. I, I mentioned this earlier to you guys. Maybe not even on the show. Maybe it was before when you guys first got here. But uh, you know, John Heyman reported the Yankees called on on Nolan Arenado, and there's people that are like, ah, boom, boomers. Somebody told John Heyman that the Yankees called Colorado. It doesn't mean the conversation went anywhere. It just means that they made a phone call. And why wouldn't they? Why, why wouldn't you? You do, call on everybody. You do your due diligence. That's you call on everybody. These guys are all sitting there at the winter meetings. What do you think? They're not talking? Hey, any chance you might move uh, Arenado? Call me later. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. You know? Let's just discuss. Sure. And and I'm sure the conversation went, well, what do you want for an Arenado, right? He, they were like, uh, Glaber and Andujar. And like, never mind. But you ask. But you ask. And now we know. Discussion. Now we know, and then that's, we moved on. And that, then they went out at dinner. That's why they call it discussions. That's what they're doing. That's so it. the idea, if but if you think there's reporters, and I'm not talking about the idiots on Twitter, like, oh, I have a source. You don't have a source. <laughs> but if Ian, uh, Ian Rappaport or... Uh, Jeff, pa- uh, Jeff Passan now, or Adrian Wojnarowski. When those guys those tell guys, you that, yes. that, that teams are talking, they're talking. Does it mean it's going to go anywhere? Yes. No. It, and this is the time of the year. What do you think GMs do? Do you think that from November to April, they're like, well, call me if you need anything? Well, maybe Cashman is. <laughs> well, Cashman could take the rest of the year off because he's already killed it. But, I mean, again, these guys are working the phones all year round. When you hear that there's rumors, believe me, there's some legs to it. Whether it gets off the ground or not, you're making calls, you're kicking tires. What does it take to get Arenado? You know, Severino and Glaber. Never mind. Have a good day. And Just in, wanted to know. And you start the conversation now that you might call him in a month that's and say, hey, listen, any changes? You get any better offers? That's why it's called. Sure. Uh, when the Rockies are 30 games under 500 at the break, maybe suddenly uh, maybe the price changes. That's why they call it discussions. That's what you're doing. Joseph, as always, we want to miss you a Merry Christmas. I said miss you. I want to wish weird. you. I miss you. <laughs> and I miss you, too. <laughs> I well, happy holidays to you and yours. Yes. Of course. We say Merry Christmas on this show. I know you do. <laughs> we want to wish- just like to get everybody's go. I've had so many people wish me a, a Merry Christmas, and I'm like, and happy holidays to you. <laughs> just rubs their Joseph, craw. You, I love it. To your family, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Same to you, and of course to your dad, who I love, Mr. Yeah, Keys. Of course, of course. Ladies and gentlemen. I'll give him a Merry Christmas. Oh, my God. We'll be back next week, 2020. No, it's a week before. Oh, sh- crap. Come on. Don't forget. <laughs> don't forget. You're already, th- you're already jumping the gun. Next week will be a great show. I mean, we got the decade in review. I mean, it's the decade review. Yeah. Not for years. nothing. We're about a day or two away from where you forget between now and the 30th. You have no idea what day of the week it is yeah. or what number the day year it is. Of the decade is coming to an end, and that's what we'll talk about a year of review. It's not year in review. It's a decade in review. And we'll see who wins that NFC's battle as well. Who's going to be the NFC's champs after this week? We don't know what's going to happen. The NFL, it's getting good. Enjoy it. From the Keys to the City family, everybody, Merry Christmas, and have a wonderful holiday as get well. One of them sweatshirts. You want one? Everybody should get Those are awesome. Like I said, yeah, if you want it, you could try. just message us. Let us know if you're interested in them. But Merry Christmas to all. Keys to, and to all, a good night. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We'll be back next week. See you later, everyone. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness. In the making, double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.